This podcast includes adult content and explicit language. I think we could do a really funny episode about the kids in Narnia. I think that could be really funny. (laughs) But but I don't know if anyone would listen to it. Absolutely not a single person would listen. But do you want to do it anyway? I don't know what the theme is, though. Some kids are more deserving than others. (laughs) Some kids are special. (laughs) And it's only Peter. Only Peter is special. And occasionally Susan is also special. I mean, we we could talk. We we could just kind of make the theme. Do they live up to their like name? Okay. Are they their name is Susan truly the gentle? Mm-hmm. Is Peter magnificent? <laughs> Let's find out. I'm gonna go yes. Yeah. I can't wait for your overview. Just like three badger, and he makes some fish and chips. <laughs> so we start in World War Two. <laughs> But don't get too comfortable. Now to talk to the badgers. <laughs> yeah, Jim Broadbent's here. Yeah. I think it could be really funny. Let's let's do it. And then we could do a, a Eustace bonus round. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of one of the kids by the end. He is. Yeah, okay, this could be quite fun. Welcome to Character Chaos. I'm Rhiannon. I'm joined by my co-host Margaret. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm alright. How are you? I'm not too bad. I don't know why we always start with that. We have nothing interesting to say. I know. Should we go straight into it then? Any... I don't know. <laughs> anything you want to say? Any fun anecdotes from the week? <laughs> no. I mean, not, not really. Okay, what have you been up to then? What have you been up to? <laughs> Let's do it. Come on, what have you been up to? I don't know if I can say, to be honest... Be, be very like, vague. Not not because it's confidential, but because it's specific. I've been <laughs> doing a lot of socialising, so I'm very tired. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing? Um, I've done a lot of stuff for this podcast, really, to be honest. I've had, like, no shifts at work, so I'm using the time to do just stuff for this podcast. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. doing that while I'm busy. <laughs> You're welcome. It's fine. Oh, I'm enjoying it. It's the first time we're not recording together. I'm not gonna lie, I think there's something about you being present that wakes me up. You're not really here, so I think my brain's a bit quiet. I, this doesn't gotta, feel real. This doesn't feel real. I, I do get what you mean, though. I feel like we're it's, just FaceTiming. Yeah. Just keep looking at the mic and remind yourself the mic is there. And then look at Audacity. Okay. Mm-hmm. If the audio sounds bad, it's because we're recording separately, and who knows just how this is going to put together. Yeah, this is the first time we've tried this, so I yeah. hope this works. Because we're going to be doing a lot more of it when you go to university again. Yeah, I'm literally moving in two weeks, so I really you excited? I am. I'm really excited. It's good. Get new place, fresh start again. Looking forward to it. Nice. Are you excited for it to get cold again? Freeze your balls off. Yeah. I can't wait. I keep like going like online shopping and just seeing all like the browns and the reds and the oranges come back <laughs> in and I'm like, yes. Oh, I thought you just liked winter because you were always hot. So you like when it's cold. No, not really. I just like I pres- I honestly I just prefer the clothes in autumn and winter. Oh, ah, okay. Do yeah. you dress like those white girls? 
that have like no. the brown boots and like the the white jumpers and the, the Chris Christian and... um, girl autumn. Yeah. No, I. No, because like every time I see something that even slightly reminds me of that one iconic picture, I'm like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I do love like autumn clothes. I love okay. autumn. I mean, I fucking hate autumn, but it's just because it's spider season. Worst season. Do you know, I think the spider repellent I got might be working. Really? Yeah. It might be working. I'm going to keep testing it out for another like week, and if it works, when I go, I'll give it to you. Okay, thanks. You've got to keep topping it up, though, all the time, so I'll probably have to buy okay. one at some point. I hoovered one the other day with, like, the big hoover. <laughs> like, with, like the, so I could get it from a distance. <laughs> Margaret, it was so big, it should have been paying rent. Sake. <laughs> Why not? Hey, Dad, I'm recording right now. Oh, okay, I'll catch you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in the house. Um, you've yeah. Okay, Hi, John. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, they didn't. Okay. All right, bye. We're keeping that in. Cameo from Jonathan Moore there. <laughs> This is not our first guest. <laughs> oh my god, it's our first guest. John. Whoa. Worst guest, though. <laughs> Didn't really contribute, did he? No. Mm. Didn't even promote anything. John, where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably be like, at, at work. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> at my job. That's the actual response to that question that people should have. Where yeah. can we find you? At my job. At home? Instead of... On Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> what was oh, I can't remember what I was saying. I don't know. That the spider was so big it should be paying rent. Yeah. Yeah. I hoovered it though. So. A horrifying image though. Mm. Oh yeah. Terrifying. Let's move on because I feel like one's on me now. Let's go. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We won't talk about it. We're fine. Yeah. But I'll give you the spray. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Should we just get into it? Yeah. So... We'll go through all the bits we kind of go through at the beginning with created by and all of that. I mean, I think we should just say who we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even said who we're doing. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. Oh, we haven't said who we're doing. Um, Yeah, we're doing Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully a quick one, but it never is. Nope. So don't take my word for that. That's not a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we you know. We say it'll be a quick one, but whoever's listening to this is looking at it, it's like two hours, 50 minutes. Oh yeah. Somehow mm-hmm. we couldn't cut any of it because it was too perfect. It was all too important. Couldn't get what? any of it. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. Yeah. Why do we choose this character? I mean, we didn't really. We chose Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> we chose Leslie Nope. Yeah, let's be real. We chose Leslie Nope. And then Netflix decided... No. No, Leslie, nope for you. We are taking Parks and Recreation off of Netflix. Yeah. For no reason. Mm-hmm. So, that We needed a was... show that was on Netflix. <laughs> and we chose Amy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we, we both really love this show. We do. Despite its many flaws, we mm. do. I feel like we've both watched the show, like, a lot as well. Yeah. I feel like we both kind of know this show. And so we decided just to take key episodes. Oh yeah, we can't talk about every fucking episode. Yeah. But we each took about eight that we thought were key Amy episodes. Mm-hmm. 
and we're gonna go through them. Yeah. To try and restrain ourselves from going off on tangents. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, she's kind of mildly important in most of them. Yeah. But we just chose our favourites that came to mind. Yeah. Sorry if we miss a very important one. Actually, I'm not sorry. It can't have been that important. No. If we missed your favourite one, it's just kind of too bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of our favourite ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we didn't have a theme, did we? Uh, oops. Uh, nope. Oh, that's the whole fucking premise of our show, and we never have one. I know. How do we mess up the premise of our show every time? <laughs> we used to be so good, and now we're just scrambling for a relevant word. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything. Do you know what? We'll check in at the end, see if we've come okay. up with one then. That's a good idea. <laughs> for now we'll just do that. Off. We'll see if we have a... Something that strings it together by the end. Yeah. But everyone listening to this is coming up with a great theme as we speak and is yelling oh, at yeah, their phones. Oh yeah, it's inc- incredibly obvious. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fine, we'll think of one. We'll find it. Yeah. So, Amy, mm-hmm. portrayed by mm-hmm. Melissa Fumero, mm-hmm. created by, technically created by Michael Shaw, yeah. although mostly not written by him. Yeah. He's not that involved in a lot of the writing, I don't think. No, he just creates them, doesn't he? Yeah. So written by the Brooklyn Nine-Nine writing staff. Yeah. Um, does there any point saying spoilers? <laughs> spoilers for Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I guess so. Sure. Sure. Particularly the individual episodes, but the show as a whole, yeah. mostly. Yeah. I don't think anyone can be mad about a Brooklyn Nine-Nine spoiler, though. No one <laughs> dies. It's a sitcom that ended a few years ago, like... <laughs> I think it only ended a few months well, like ago. Last, yeah. We I haven't think. even seen the last season, by the way, because it's well, not available in the UK yet. They haven't put it on Netflix yet. So maybe there's a very, very important Amy episode in season eight, or like well, maybe she does some important things in the finale. We don't know. I think Sorry. she literally gets like promoted in season eight. Should we check? I mean, I've got stuff down on the overview. Oh, okay. Not, not Rhiannon may cover that. I don't might know. Do. But Rhiannon might. It is, it is the shortest overview in the world, though. That's fantastic. I know. Okay, so. Amy Santiago is chief at the 99 precinct of the NYPD. As a person, she is super ambitious and is a massive perfectionist. She has a lot of respect for rules and figures of authority, which leads to her constantly embarrassing herself in front of Captain Holt. But at the end of the day, she is a very compassionate person and is always doing what she can to help out the rest of the squad. She comes from a big family of police officers, loads of brothers, the dad, we're all like police officers. And throughout the show, she is very open about her goals to rise the rank of the police department. And so throughout the show, we get to watch her start off as a detective, then move on to sergeant, and then she ends the show as a chief. Um, and she also has a very fun, like, will-they-won't-they they kind of relationship with fellow detective Jake Peralta, who she ends up, like, marrying and having a kid with. And, like, they're very cute together. Is that all I have? That might be all I have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's so hard doing overviews for sitcoms. It's so hard. Yeah, I mean, she's a very uptight, neurotic person. And over the course of the show, she learns to relax a little bit and have some fun and not be so desperate for outside validation. 
Mm. And better with internal validation. Yeah, yeah. She kind of learns that it's okay to kind of break rules sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Should we start then? Yeah. What do you want to talk about first? Maybe personality? Sure. Do you want me to do an episode first then? Because I've got quite a few episodes that are just personality. Really. Okay, hit me. Okay, so one of the episodes I watched was Auspice. One of my <gasps> oh, favourite episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's in like, it's my so top good. three. I love it's it so good. It's so funny. Much. Ed Helms in this episode is so funny. I love yeah. him. But yeah, obviously, I'm not going to lie, that's the funny kind of plot line. Amy is on like, the B-plot. <laughs> Oh, it's the quit smoking episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So the main plot line is Uspis, and then the B plot line is Amy quitting right. smoking. That's such an interesting wrinkle for her character. She just, I she's mean, addicted it, to smoking. It makes sense, because she's so, like, stressed all the time. Mm. Like, it makes yeah. sense. She's just always yeah. on, you know? But also that, like, because she, like, overbrushes her teeth, Mm. And does all these, like, crazy hygiene things. It's interesting that she does such an unhealthy, like, habit. Yeah, I think it's just her one, like, break, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a very fun episode because she is trying to quit smoking. She's really, really struggling. And, like, each of the characters all kind of come in and try and give her a method to overcome the addiction. And obviously it doesn't work. Like... Holt tells her to exercise, and so they go on a jog on their lunch break, but ref- but he prefers to do his jogs in silence, with no music, <laughs> so they just jog in silence. <laughs> Which doesn't work. Like, Gina no. tries meditation, Holt, not Holt, um, Terry tries sticking their heads in an <laughs> ice bath. <laughs> and obviously none of these things work. But, like, the kind of, the lesson, I don't know, not the lesson, but the thing about Amy that we learn from this episode is the fact that, like, she's a perfectionist even when, like, quitting smoking. Even when trying right. to quit smoking. Because she's just trying to cut herself off immediately. And the minute that it's not working, she just starts smoking again. Like, she she doesn't really want to do, like, a gradual she just wants to quit and think and she's mm. just putting so much pressure on herself and she's mm. just even like just being this neurotic about trying to quit smoking you know yeah and obviously all of this is making it harder for her to quit smoking because she's yeah being so hard on herself throughout the whole episode and that's that's kind of what she learns from this episode really hmm. that's true yeah from what i remember there's like there's like a ton of good comedy of her sneaking off to go smoke yeah. during these little sessions. Like with Holt, she pretends to use like a porta potty, and then it just smoke starts coming <laughs> out of the porta potty. <laughs> Looks like it's on fire. When yeah. uh, they have the is it is it Gina's meditation? Mm-hmm. And she's getting the boys to repeat after her, like I am a strong, powerful woman, mm-hmm. and you have Terry and Holt repeating that. And then while they have their eyes closed, Amy is like out the window, like yeah. smoking. Yeah, that's fun. And so she just doesn't quit smoking? I think she does. Is that like a method that does work for her? I don't think... No, that's not how it ends. It kind of just ends with that meditation bit and that kind of... Her learning that thing about herself. Right, okay. I think you kind of imply that she (laughs) does after that, but none of their methods do it, you know? 
Right, because I feel like all of the other characters' methods tell you a lot about them. Mm. Like Holt just going for physical activity with no fun, and Gina with this weird psychological her Mm. being the leader and leading other people's (laughs) meditation, and Terry with just like raw willpower in an ice (laughs) bath. Like I would wonder if like her example would tell you a lot about Amy, but I suppose we don't know. Yeah, we don't see it. Yeah, well. Yeah. I feel like she does quit smoking, though. She just gets yeah. nicotine patched at some point during the rest of the seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun episode. Do you want to bring in an episode? Sure. I mean, I don't have a lot for personality, so you might be doing the first few, but I feel like I got a lot of her personality at the party in season mm. one, which mm-hmm. is like a super early episode. And so her character's a bit more like neurotic and obsessive than she is throughout the rest of the series but it's just a lot of fun when they get invited to Holt's party and she is just so desperate for Holt to love her (laughs) that she's trying to be the perfect person and trying to learn a lot about him Uh and is the one who is super super excited to go to the party yeah like I think she runs over to Jake and is like the best thing to ever happen has happened (laughs) And they get invited to Holt's birthday party. She's like, I'm going to find out everything about him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know everything so we can be best friends. And it's just such a funny way of getting to know someone. Like, Holt's obviously a very difficult person to get to know. Mm. He's not exactly an open book. He's very closed off. And you can't really get to know him by having just, like, a conversation with him. But it's just really funny that she makes it such a detective mission. Mm-hmm to go and find clues about Holtz so they can have things in common that would somehow then make them closer friends. Yeah. It's just a very weird way of going about it that's really funny. Isn't she, like, taking pictures of everything in the kitchen and yeah. being excited when they have the same microwave and stuff? Yeah, she snoops in the kitchen and, like, sees, like, okay, we have the same microwave, we have the same, like, stuff. Oh, of course they make their own hummus. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> and... At some point she sees that he has like certain like plates with like geodes on them and she's like, once I buy those, then we're gonna have the same plates. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of backfires because then she's talking to Holt mm. and making conversation, you know, with this knowledge. And she just kind of brings up like the microwave, like, Oh, I see we have the same microwave. That and he's like, Oh, oh the microwave, it just came with the house. I didn't really buy it. She's like, Oh, okay. Um, any thoughts on Hamas? And he's like I have, I have no thoughts on Hamas. And she's like, okay, well, this isn't working. <laughs> Surprisingly, this didn't work. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she goes to the natural next step, which is to, and I quote, massively invade his privacy. Mm-hmm. And so snoops into his bedroom to look for his interests of what's on his TV. I think she okay. finds, like, marble-making documentaries and, like, really boring <laughs> shit. Uh-huh. But that's when, that's the end of the episode. When then Jake comes in because Jake's trying to find the New Yorker article in the toilet, and then ever and then Holt comes in with his husband, so they go into the bathroom and they get caught. It's funny, mm-hmm. but yeah, she fully snoops around. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, and that that she thinks that she's gonna be fine. Like Terry creates a whole meeting of like, okay, guys, we're going to an adult party. You are all. A disaster of a squad. <laughs> I need to teach you how to do adult parties. Mm-hmm. And Amy just goes like, well, Sergeant, why am I here? I'm always very appropriate. In high school, I was voted most appropriate. <laughs> and Jake just goes, ooh, self-burn. Those are rare. <laughs> and it's so oh, Amy. No. 
of just like completely missing the point of the mm-hmm. fact that she was voted most appropriate means that she's often probably not very appropriate in social situations because Aww. no one who's actually great at conversations gets voted most appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that in her track mind that means that she's a very appropriate person, she doesn't see it. It's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And Amy is right. She is usually the most appropriate in most situations. Mm. Just not when those situations include Holt, whom she oh, is yeah. not cool around at all. Oh yeah. All all logic is out the window. Nope. To impress as, this man. As we see when they get to the party, and oh my god, it's it's one of my favorite things when they walk in and they all greet him like, Oh captain and she just goes, Raymond Those slacks are a knockout and just goes, Come on, Amy. <laughs> Just it's immediately insane. blowing it, like just in the worst way possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like later on, I think they interrupt a discussion of um, Holt and Kevin to other of their friends, mm. and they're talking about how they met. And I think Holt is like, "Oh no, th- they've heard this story before." Her name is like, "No, we haven't. Tell us immediately. <laughs> Tell me any like crumbs of facts about Holt's life. Yeah, she really just wants to know. Yeah." It's just really sweet. We learned that Amy studies art history, which what? She studied art history at school. That doesn't strike me as her degree. That feels like something they put in there in like that's Early. like a season one thing. You know, yeah. some characters have really weird details, like, oh, that's season one. Yeah. You you didn't quite know who you were writing yet. <laughs> yeah. Well I watched season one episode three, The Slump, and there's a mm. cold open where she describes all of her favourite cop movies. Okay. And I'm just like, this was an early choice. Amy does not watch any of these movies. Yeah, yeah. That's Jake's thing, really. But yeah, it's just sweet. We learned she studied art history. Yeah. And then when they get caught at the end of the episode by Holt and he's naturally very disappointed in her, she says that she uh wheeze cried herself to sleep that night. And no joke, there is no resolution to this storyline. That is the last thing in the episode for Amy. That's she wheeze cry. It's not like there's a moment where Holt is like, oh, Amy, you know what? We do have something in common. Like, I feel like a later mm. season would have had a resolution to that storyline. Yeah. But Holt is like, still got that microwave though. And it's like a nice moment. No, she wheeze cries herself to sleep and Holt thinks less of her. No resolution, just tears. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. She's just so neurotic at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a good episode. I like that. Do you want to talk about a different one? Okay. If we're sticking with personality, I feel like you should take a couple. Because I, okay. I, I don't have any personality on their own. Okay. This isn't like a in-depth analysis kind of episode that I watched, but I watched the episode where we get to see all the stages of Drunk Amy. Oh, the beach house! Yeah. Yes! Oh, I've got nothing, like, in-depth to say here, but it's just very, very fun. And I probably googled it as well, like, and there's, like, a whole Wikipedia page for the Amy Santiago drunk in the scale. I'm looking at it, I can Mm -hmm. see it. Yeah. Right, so we've got one drink Amy is spacey. Two drink Amy's loud. Three drink Amy is Amy dance pants. Four drink <laughs> Amy is horny Amy. Five <laughs> drink Amy is weirdly confident. Six drink Amy is sad. Seven drink Amy we don't know. Eight drink Amy is equestrian Amy. I want to know what that means so fucking badly. Equestrian Amy? I know. And then last one, nine drink Amy speaks French, thinks she's a genius. 
<laughs> that must be in like a later season, right? Because yeah. I don't remember those two. Yeah, we only see Six Drink Amy in the Beach House. So I presume yeah. in like season seven or eight or something, they, they add in a few more layers, you know? It's a fun trope, though. It's a fun, um, like, sitcom trope. Yeah. They do. Yeah. No, it's fun, because it's just a whole episode where just the B-plot is that it's Gina's goal on their little holiday to the beach house. It's just Gina's goal to see the sixth drink Amy, because she's only ever seen five drink Amy. And, like, when, like, Holt arrives at the beach house, like, unexpectedly, and Amy's immediately like, oh, God, Holt's here. Like, I've already had a few drinks. I've got to cut myself off. <laughs> And like, because obviously it's Jake that invited Holt to the beach house, Gina's just like, Jake messes up and I get punished for it. (laughs) And like, they're all at the the dinner table and they're all like having dinner. And like, Amy says she's not going to have another drink and Holt's like, yeah, have have another drink. Who's counting? And Gina just mouths at her, (laughs) I am. (laughs) Yeah, it's very fun. Um, Amy's just a bit of a mess the entire episode. What always yeah. blows my mind is the fact that she can just stay drunk for the, that entire day. Yeah, that, it's so that consistent. Always me as weird too. Because that that episode is a whole day. Yeah, and she just stays that drunk Somehow until is the evening. Getting more drunk. Mm. It doesn't wear off. I know. It's it's very impressive. Mm. Yeah, I think at f- four drinks, so at horny Amy, there's there's a bit where someone says and I think it's Jake or someone who said like it isn't a party unless there's four people and Amy just chimes in like especially between the sheets and it's like Amy (laughs) (laughs) and it's so out of character for Amy to say something like that I suppose that's why this plot is so fun because Amy is usually so reserved and like neurotic yeah and she's just being a little bit insane this episode like when she's at five drink Amy, she says to Holt, it's time for you to give me a promotion and a 40% raise. I've been carrying this squad on my back for years and my back's getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. It's just so fun. Because again, obviously we just saw the episode where she's trying to get the same plates as Holt to impress him. And now yeah. she's like, give me a raise. The minute she it's... has a bit of alcohol in her system. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. It's really fun. And then she gets the six drink Amy. And six drink Amy is so alone. And she says... I love Melissa Fubera's inflection. Just six drink Amy. So alone. <laughs> and Gina's like, oh no. Oh no, she's a bummer. I think like Amy says to Gina, like, you got to see the Sasquatch. Was it everything you dreamt? And <laughs> Gina's like, it's the stuff drumps are made of. <laughs> It's very fun. That's fun. But yeah, then Gina kind of gets to look after Amy because Amy's sad and drunk and like Gina gets us some water and it's just a nice moment for their friendship, uh, you know? Yeah, because they have an interesting relationship across the show. Yeah. They probably dislike each other the most. And yeah. they're the most different. I'm not glad Gina just bullies this woman. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so mean. She gets so mean about Amy sometimes. It's funny though. Yeah, but yeah, it's just a nice moment for for them to be friends. I mean, obviously that's not how drinking works. Not in the slightest. But it is fun. I mean, I <laughs> suppose people are different kinds of drunk, but it is consistent. Yeah. And yeah, and just immediately changing personality after like one drink. I'm sorry, that doesn't happen. No, that's fine. It's no. a fun trope. It's fun. It's what, a fun. What kind gimmick. of drunk are you? Oh. I'm not gonna lie, I just go from not talking to talking (laughs) when I'm drunk. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that it? Yeah. Basically, I just talk a lot more. I mean, yeah, I guess I get just confident, which a lot of people do. I don't. I don't really have much else. I yeah, I just get confident, and I do kind of lose inhibitions a little bit. I mean, that makes sense. You know, that's what alcohol does. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Oh, I'm loud, Amy. I'll just start yelling things. Yeah. Like I have a very distinct memory of in second year of uni. I think I'd only had like one or two drinks, and I was just in the kitchen next to someone. And I was just talking and someone just goes, why are you talking so loud? And I was like, oh my god, I am! (laughs) (laughs) For no reason! I am loud, Amy. Yeah. Okay. What else do you have? Um, another episode I watched, Halloween 3, Halloween the 3rd. And this is obviously Amy's episode because she wins it. Right, do you want to explain what that is just in case? Yeah, so every year it's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine tradition to do a Halloween heist. Where... It, at first, it starts with just Holt and Jake, and then it just ins- expands to the whole precinct. But basically, the goal is you've got to steal something from inside the precinct. And they ha- they have like a set object each time to steal from the precinct, and whoever has it by the end of the night wins and is then crowned. Um, is it just amazing detective slash genius? Is that? Yeah, it yeah. was amazing detective, and then it became then... this person, right? Yeah. Because Gina won. Gina won it, and she's not a detective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um... It's traditionally Jake and Holt. I think year one, he wins it. Jake, Year two, yeah. Holt wins it. And then year three, Amy wins it. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, this so this third year, it's before, like I said, it's before the rest of the squad kind of knows that they can win it, and it's kind of yeah. just between Holt and Jake, so it's like it a was surprise. like a plot twist. Yeah, when, like, Amy actually won it. And basically, so Holt and Jake are picking their teams this year for the heist, and Holt and Jake basically they pick everyone in the team except for Amy, and Amy's really annoyed. And they both basically say, well, Jake says... I'm not picking you because you're obsessed with Holt and you will do anything for Holt, so you will betray me. And then Holt's basically like, well, I'm not going to pick you because you're dating Jake. You're biased. You will, you know, betray me for Jake. And so neither of them pick her. (laughs) And she's stuck alone. To be fair, Hitchcock and Scully invite her to join their heist. They do. She does not join. (laughs) No, that makes sense. So she's invited to a heist, just not the Halloween heist. No. And basically for the entire episode, <laughs> basically this this heist just turns all of these characters a bit insane. For mm. this one day a year, they all just go a bit insane. And Amy just keeps trying to talk to Jake and like talk to Holt casually. And they both think that Amy's being sent there to spy on the both of them. At one point, like, Jake just starts, like, yelling at Amy's boobs, just being yep. like, oh, there could be a camera in there. Captain Holt, and just starts yelling at her boobs. And Amy's just standing there, like, okay. And I think Jake at that point just says to her, like, that will be all, spy. And <laughs> they are extremely paranoid. But yeah, this just, just, just sends them a bit insane. And then Holt starts doing the same thing, just starts yelling at her boobs. Yep, same logic. There's a bit where Jake starts theorising that Amy has only been in a relationship with him for the past few weeks to betray him during the heist. 
Which is not beyond what they tend to do in the heist episodes. No. There are longer cons. No, but it's, yeah, it's just a bit insane. So obviously Holt and Jake are just so obsessed of beating each other. And then they mm. just get complete tunnel vision. Mm. And, they're, and they're both so obsessed with like being the person to like get this crown first. Until it gets to a point where they both lose it. They both have the crown at some point. But mm. then they both lose it. And they both think the other person has it. And then they realise that neither of them have it. Mm. And the person who does have it is a janitor called Al. And so they know the only person who would have this man's address is Amy. So they both go crawling back to Amy, tail between their legs, just apologising, trying to be all nice. I think Jake, like, fake proposes to her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to try and be nice. And, like, it's, and then, it's, it's kind of, like, a, a sad episode a little bit because Amy has a bit with the both of them where she says, like, being nice to me is so much worse than you guys being mean. Because they're, mm. they're just being fake nice to her to get the address. Yeah. And in the end, she's just like, do you know what? I don't care anymore. She sends them both the address at the exact same time, so it's fair, and walks mm. off. Neither yeah. of them apologise to her. They both then go to the address. Naturally. No. <laughs> it's really sad. But yeah, they um go to Janitor Al- Al's address. They find Al. Al turns around and it's Amy. It's been Amy the entire time. And they like retrace their steps. And every single bump in the road that they've both hit has been orchestrated by Amy. Amy's like planned out this entire day to mm. like fit with her plan. And yeah, she has the crown in the end and she wins. And... There is a part where Jake, like, stands next to Amy and is like, yeah, we planned this the whole time. Yeah. And Amy <laughs> tries like, to take credit for it. Yeah. And Amy just says, like, get back over to the loser side, loser. <laughs> so Jake has to go back over. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a really good bit because she says in, like, her little victory speech, she basically says, like, to Jake, you know, you thought I was just Holt's lackey, and then to Holt to be like, and you thought I was just Jake's girlfriend, and my own person, capable of making my own decisions, and I decided to hum- humiliate you both. That's really fun. And like, yeah, good for her. And Holt and Jake are like, yeah, fair play. And she gets crowned an amazing detective slash genius in the bar. Yeah. And drinks were on Holt. <laughs> That's so fun. Because she is often the butt of the joke, especially early mm. in the show. Yeah. When her, like, neuroticism is way more exaggerated for the sake yeah. of comedy. And so it's it's nice that she had an episode where she gets to take advantage of that. Well, yeah, it's just an episode where she kind of just gets to, to win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And shows that they both don't really think that much of her sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, nice. I don't know, it's just a nice episode and just, just kind of telling them both to just treat her with a bit of respect, you know? She does that a lot. I feel bad for her that she has to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun episode. The heist episodes are always so fun. They are. What's your favourite heist? I don't watch them as often as I should, but I think I... I think it's the one where Terry wins. Oh, okay. I like that one. Yeah. That one's fun. I, I do like... I like Juno's one. Yeah, it's a fun one. Juno's one's very fun. I think, I think that's the first time they use Bill as well. Yes. Yeah. Bill's great. And he just becomes a staple, yeah. You want me to talk about one? Or do you have another yeah. one? Um, I've got a few more, but like, go for it. I might talk about Chasing Amy. 
Yeah. Because one of the first ones that came to mind when we were going to do this, because mm-hmm. I really like this episode. I mean, she's in the title, so it's clearly about her. Yeah. She's clearly the A plot. Yeah. But I like this episode for her. It's very analytical for her character mm-hmm. because she's going to take the sergeant's exam and she's super anxious about it because it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And even though she loves taking tests, and she loves doing academic things and proving herself, and she knows that she's capable of taking this test and becoming a sergeant, but the anxiety of it is just absolutely driving her insane. Mm-hmm. So we get to see a lot of her fun anxiety coping mechanisms. Like yeah. the opening joke is that her hair is just insanely braided because she's nervous. And I forget which character it is, but they turn around and they're like, whoa! And she's just, her hair is a oh, mess. Yeah. Apparently there's, like, level three of creepily singing songs in the night <laughs> in Jake's bed. There's then uncontrollable rage and she just destroys a microwave mm-hmm. and is beating it. Different levels of anxiety with Amy. Yeah. And it's kind of a bit of a mystery as to why exactly she is so anxious in this episode. Because she's good at taking tests. Hmm. And she knows she can do it, but she is, is just, it's really getting to her core. And the whole episode, her hair is so frizzy. Because <laughs> she undoes the braids. So it's this big frizz yeah. of hair. Mm-hmm. And Jake's just like, oh, oh, that looks nice. You took your braids out. And she's like, yeah, now it's ready for me to braid again. <laughs> it's so funny. Just There's so much about um, Melissa Fumero's like, mannerisms in this episode that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Just like her, like, you notice her like posture. And her, like, how loud she speaks and how big her eyes are. She always does the thing that, um, I forget the name of the actress who plays Annie in Community. Um, Alison Brie? Yeah. The way she, like, gets her eyes very big, Mm. just whenever they're filming. Just, like, has these, like, really wide eyes. It's just, like, a fun thing that she does. Yeah. That makes Amy very distinct and, like, alert. Mm -hmm. But this whole episode, she's super anxious. And she's, she gets very irritable with everyone around her. It's like Jake is telling her, like, you've got this, you don't need to worry. And she's just like, yeah, that's because you love me. And love has blinded you. (laughs) And yeah, she's not dealing with anyone. And he tries to help by giving her a fake sergeant's exam. Mm -hmm. And it's really lovely. But she just gets way too stressed about it. And she just runs off. Yeah. And is, like, going to refuse to take the exam. So they spend the next few hours before the exam trying to find her. And... It's just fun because you get to see how everyone else thinks about Amy. Like, Amy's not actually that present for a lot of the episode, but everyone else thinking and talking about Amy is. So, like, Mm -hmm. you just get randomly... Jake's trying to, like, spitball and, like, think where she is. And he's like, okay, if if I were Amy, where would I want to go? And fucking Gina across the room just starts making... Just starts giving out ideas, like, boring pantsuit store, a crossword factory... A museum of retainers and headgear. It's impossible to enter the colour beige. <laughs> just like so mean. Oh, that's so mean. And just like representing all the things about Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does wear a lot of suits, which is adorable. Like she overdresses for work compared yeah. to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like wearing jeans and yeah. they have their own signature style. She's wearing a suit. Yeah, she's all in a pantsuit. And like a blouse. Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, she's always dressed really nicely. She loves them crosswords. Mm-hmm. I don't know why a museum of retainers and headgear was said. I think just Gina was trying to think of the nerdiest thing she could. Yeah, I think so. 
And is it possible to enter the colour beige? This is just extremely mean. It's so mean. That last one. <laughs> it's like Amy's not present, so Gina's like, ooh, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, Jake doesn't even ask her. But it's like she has this Rolodex in her head that she's ready to just reveal yeah, at some point of all the mean things she could say about Amy. Yeah. And then Jake and Rosa go looking for her and you get Jake's impressions of Amy. Literally Andy Samberg doing an impression of Amy. <laughs> and so like, because he's trying to get in Amy's headspace mm-hmm. to try and find where she would have gone. So he like goes outside and is like, hmm, okay. So, and it's just Andy Samberg doing an impression of mm-hmm. Melissa Fumero's Amy. And it's just so funny. He's just so bright and peppy. And he's like, okay, and I'm walking and I'm walking. And ooh, did I think about wearing sun cream today? Considering it. Oh, I did. I'm going to walk on the sunny side of the street. <laughs> just like, he's so bright and happy. And just his impression of her is so funny. Like mm-hmm. at one point he's walking down the street and just out loud is like, and I'm walking and I'm walking and ooh. A paper supply store. I wonder if they have those new summer folders. <laughs> and just Rosa next to them being like, oh my god, she does say that. Yeah. It's just adorable. Yeah, it's just spot on. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the library and the librarian just goes, of course I know Amy Santiago. <laughs> it's like, of course Amy goes to the library <laughs> so often. They're just like, of course I know Amy. And they, they also go meet Amy's only friend. Yeah, I I love this woman. She's so funny. (laughs) She seems so fun. Kylie, right? Yeah. She works in the Department of Records, and she is Amy's best and only friend. Yep. And she hates Jake. (laughs) But mostly because he made them lose trivia night. (laughs) I like how all the smart people in Amy's life hate Jake. Yeah. It's just really amusing. And I that makes sense that Amy doesn't have many friends. But Kylie Mm -hmm. seems nice. Yeah, I I think Amy's just so obsessed of her work. Like, I think she just, mm. I think she basically just lives in that precinct. Mm. She doesn't seem like the most social person. No, no. Like, her friends are in that precinct. <laughs> Bless her. We do learn a lot of fun things about Amy in this episode. She has a life calendar where her entire life has been planned out and she hangs it over her and Jake's bed. <laughs> so he sees it every day. We learned that she she doesn't swear ever. Okay. And she does what Jake calls shame smoking. (laughs) Where she will corner off and shame smoke somewhere. Yeah. But eventually they do find Amy. Mm -hmm. And she went to the place where her and Jake had their first romantic moment. And we learned that the main problem for Amy this whole episode has not been because she's just really worried about taking the test. She knows she can pass the test, but she's worried that her getting a new rank in the NYPD is going to change her relationship with Jake. And she's not really worried about herself. She's worried about her relationship with Jake and how that's going to change. And she doesn't want things to change. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's nice. Yeah. Nice conflict for the episode. Oh. We get a fun moment where they talk about how, you know, they had their first romantic moment on this building Mm. on like a stakeout. And Jake just goes, ah, the night when you fell in love with me. And she kind of gives him a look and he's like, no, no, right. The night where you flirted with me for 20 minutes and I became obsessed with you forever. (laughs) They're so sweet together. They're so cute. I love how Jake is always encouraging her to, like, rise up the right. He's just, like, her number one supporter. Yeah. Like, 
obviously this is like the Amy episode, but I do just love how Jake just spends the entire time just making sure that she can achieve her goal, you know? Yeah. It's such a healthy relationship. They yeah. just support each other, you know? Yeah. And like their relationship is super central for Amy in the mm. rest of the show. Yeah. She develops a lot because of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he locks them on the building so she can't get to the exam. So he 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 like diehard dives off the roof uh-huh. with like a hose attached to him and gets stuck. And then Rosa comes to help them and tells Amy to go. And Jake just off the building is like, Amy, just go without me, it's fine. And Rosa's like, Oh yeah, she left like five minutes ago. <laughs> and I like that Amy did not wait for Jake. No, no, she went. Gonna get to that exam. And in the exam, she got 102% because she found a spelling mistake and gave herself extra credit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really fun. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that episode for Amy. It's a lot of fun. And she's a sergeant from that point, isn't she? She is, yeah. Yeah. Good for her. (laughs) You want to talk about one? Um... A little bit bad, most of the minor personalities, so you're going to be, like, holding the last half of this That's fine. Episode. I mean, we don't have to stick to the theme. Yeah, that's true. If you want to just, like, talk about something else. I did take the family episodes, to be fair. Yeah, I've got no family. And I've got no Holt, either. Oh, right, I took all the Holt. Yeah, because I think I, I... Shit. Well, at the time, I was like, oh, I'll give Margaret the Holt episodes, because ah. she'll like them, forgetting that it means that you now have an entire theme to yourself. <laughs> that's Okay. I mean, there's a really fun episode, um, Grey Star Mutual, where the entire plot of the episode is just Amy being shamed to look at, like, wedding dresses. Oh, yeah. This is- I really love this episode. This is a really good episode. Because Rosa catches her, like, looking at wedding dresses on, like, her work computer, and, like, Amy's immediately, like, brushing it off and, like, no, no, she's- she's- she's not doing it, she's not doing that. Oh, because this is when her and Jake are engaged, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's looking for, like, her wedding dress. And basically the entire episode just kind of shows how, like, Amy basically just doesn't really allow herself to be into, like, very feminine things at work because she knows how hard it is to be a female sergeant and she's just worried that people aren't going to take her seriously Mm. if she's, like, into really, like, feminine things because she's in a position of authority. Hmm. And, I don't know, it's, it's, I do like that this show kind of in, addresses internalised misogyny, which, mm. I don't know, I hardly ever see anywhere else, but this entire episode is just Amy kind of battling her internalised misogyny. Mm. And Rosa basically convinces her to, come on, like, you're on a break, let's go wedding dress shopping, let's go have a look. I, I love, like, Rosa is, like, Full on in this episode, just like pushing Amy to go look at these wedding dresses. Like, come on, let's I go. I love when they bond. I know, that's so friendship. cute. And so, yeah, they get to like the wedding dress shop, and Amy tries on the first dress and is like, cool, I'll get this one. Let's go. <laughs> and Rosa is like, no. <laughs> Rosa is just not having it. And like, Rosa, and like, Amy wants to go, and Rosa literally says, you'll leave when I dismiss you. <laughs> Yeah, and then they get a call on their police radio walkie-talkie thing that there's a criminal like running down the street. They see them running past the wedding dress shop. And so Amy, in the wedding dress, 
leaps over the sofa, runs out the door, gets like, like her gun or whatever and her badge and is just running down the street and tackles the guy to the ground and like arrests him in her wedding dress. Basically, the and obviously when they get back to like the, the precinct and everything, Rosa says to her like, you have already proven that you're good at your job. You, you proved it earlier. You took down a criminal in a whole house wedding dress. And Rosa basically says like, you can't let other people's opinions get in the way. And then, and obviously like this is like a whole thing of like, this is like more of a thing of Rosa because Rosa doesn't really care what people think of her. She's very like, she really has that like confidence in herself. And it's nice that like Rosa kind of gets to tell Amy just like, it, it really doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you. Like, and even then you already have proven yourself, you know, hmm. people do respect you and people aren't going to have any less respect for you for wanting a wedding dress. And it's, it's quite nice because the conclusion of the episode is just Amy being like, well, you know, I, I, w- I would like a prettier dress. And she starts describing her dream wedding dress and Rosa's like, cool, we're going to get that dress. Oh, I bet it's so ugly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. cute. Yeah, it's very cute. That's a nice episode for that. Yeah, Like a, a more feminist message. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that the, the message of the episode is like, be feminine. <laughs> yeah. Go get a nice wedding dress. <laughs> I mean, towards the later seasons of the show, they do have more like progressive episodes mm. the issue is with brooklyn line nine is it's it's not a premise that allows for a lot of nuance mm. because it's about the police and yeah. it doesn't really allow for nuanced topics because the show is based on the idea of a very reductive way of viewing society mm-hmm. of good people and bad people and more police work means good which I don't think either of us always agree with in the way they do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's a tough show to want to have nuance in and have nuanced messages. And the show very early on is very focused on police work stuff. Yeah. And solving cases and just doing general police work things that are, are not always very nice to watch. Because <laughs> they're... I don't know. They don't have a lot of empathy for the victims or the quote-unquote criminals in the episodes. Yeah. But later on in the show, they start focusing on the characters as being more helpful and choosing storylines that are more empathetic to all of the characters in the show and actually lean away from a lot of the police work of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Maybe you're gonna cut on me to say that, but like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of felt myself cringing a little bit when I was describing that episode of just yeah. like, yeah, and she takes down the, the criminal and it's a win. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. They, there's only like so much that they can do really at the end of the day, because even then I was just kind of trying to describe the feminism of it all, but it still feels a bit unethical. Yeah. It's you not know, a show that lends itself to nuance very well. No, and they, they definitely try. And there's a lot of very feminist episodes. There's a lot of episodes talking about how hard it is, like being black in the police force and being gay in the police force, being a woman in the police mm. force. There's a lot of episodes around that. Mm. But at the end of the day, you you really can't. You're, you're not. You're never going to be able to say exactly what you're trying to say because you're saying it from a police precinct 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can't address the fact that a lot of racism and misogyny and homophobia is encouraged by institutions like yeah. the current way our police force works and the way it works in America. Hmm. And you can't address things properly when your hero characters are cops and their entire storyline revolves around them being cops. Yeah. You can't address things properly and they are very committed to that premise. So you can't really address other more sensitive issues completely sincerely. Yeah. Because it will always backfire. And they do seem self-aware of that. Like, there's a moment I'll talk about later where um, they have a very feminist kind of centric episode and Jake has a line where, like, yeah, we arrested a woman today because feminism. And, and then he's like, wait. And that's where the episode ends. And it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Where they do sometimes genuinely try to address issues, but they will never be able to do it successfully because they still have to often end episodes with arresting a criminal and that itself will never be fully sincere because yeah. you're always then erasing the message yep. you've yep. just built up. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's a complicated show. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's copaganda. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is. It's unfortunate. I, I wished at some point they had just switched all the characters to being firefighters instead. Yeah, I mean, same show. I know, I know they hate the fire department, but you can get over there. <laughs> move to the yeah. fire department. That was a choice they made that they didn't have to. Just move to the fire department. Mm. Then Andy Samberg could be sliding down that pole. Could be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a tough show. I it think is. that encap that episode, Grace Darby Beach, will encapsulate it quite well. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? As I was talking, I was like, oh, I kind of want to cut this as I'm speaking now, but. Obviously we won't. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it led to a point. But like, yeah, as I was talking, I was like, I want to cut this. Get yeah. rid of this, please. I don't <laughs> like this. I mean, it also makes Amy a particularly complicated character. Mm. Because her motivations and her desires all revolve around how much she loves her job. And how much she loves doing it. Mm-hmm. And being successful at her job makes her happy. And so... From an audience perspective, you want her to be successful at her job because it makes her happy. But often from my perspective, I don't want her to be successful at her job because it doesn't make me happy. Yeah. It can be conflicting. Yeah. Especially in the early seasons, it's way worse. Oh, because yeah. Because they will do active, like, malpractice police work oh, that's yeah. actively bad and uncomfortable to watch. And the characters are like, we did it! And you're like... Oh no. No. You just arrested a man of no evidence. Yep. This oh, isn't the, a is win. It the, is it the box, that episode? Yeah. Where the whole premise is that they have a guy under arrest and they can't fully like arrest him, but they know he did it because they have a hunch. And so they're trying to gather evidence before the time limit runs out where they have to release him. Yeah. And he's I mean, supposed to be on their side. They have like two episodes like that because they have the oh. one with Sterling brown they have that one which is one where and then they have one in like the earlier seasons as well where like the same thing happens like jake arrests well jake sees someone on the street who like he's had beef with before like arrested before and they've just come out of prison and he's and he and he and like the man like annoys him yeah so jake arrests him and then the entire squad has to spend the next like 48 24 48 hours can't remember how long it is 
trying to get some evidence on this man so that they mm. don't sue the police department. Yeah. And it's all based around the idea that the cop has a hunch that the the person committed mm-hmm. the crime and therefore he must be right because he's the protagonist and we're on his side. And he's right in the end. The guy did commit the crime. But often the cops don't know when someone Ooh. did and you shouldn't base on that assumption that you think you're right without evidence. Yeah, well... This is why, at least in real life, the hunch is almost always formed by racism. Mm, there isn't and a hunch, prejudices. it's just racism, you know? Or as a department, you get more money by arresting more people mm-hmm. and being more active, and so you kind of pretend there's more crime than there actually is. So yeah. it might not even be prejudice. You're just arresting people for the sake of it. Yeah. Well, prison system benefits are the more people they have in yeah. it, they normally have a quota to fill. And they really do some good stuff in the show tackling the prison system. And mm. even the effects that it has on Jake as a character. But again, it all feels insincere. Because at the end of the day, we have to go back to the premise of the show. Which is cops being the good guys. Yeah. And it's it's conflicting. Yeah. It makes Amy conflicting. Yeah, definitely. It just started raining. So if you hear that, that's what it is. Yeah. Hopefully it's not picking it up. Um, we can control many things, but the weather is not one of them. No. It literally just started torrential raining. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we just had a pretty serious conversation about the representation of um, the police in the show, which we'll probably keep talking about, but do you want to move into like the bet then? Just because it's relevant? Yeah. I've or do you want bet- me to intersperse more? Um, I mean, I've got the bet down as like relationship. Oh, okay. I mean, I realised I actually did have a relevant one for personality. Oh, I forgot it existed. But okay. I do. Oh my god. I know. This is insane. It's fucking Zeus out there. I know. The one I have is short. And it's probably pretty relevant. It's for the chopper. Okay. Which is... Uh, it's like a mid show um episode Uh, i suppose in the middle of the show not uh, not a mid-rated episode of that word (laughs) sorry the internet has ruined mid i don't know why (laughs) but um just very quickly something i like in the cold open of that episode is that it's the one where they're all trying to get gina to look up from her phone and it's very telling that amy's tactic is to run up to her and telling her that like oh my god george w bush just died and gina just responds who dat (laughs) <laughs> which i like that's amy's tactic because like rosa uses like a what's the like a horn in mm-hmm. gina's face does nothing like everyone yeah. tries very aggressive tactics and amy thought that would work and then forgets that gina does not care and does not know who bush is <sighs> like the only person in that office who would not know who bush is. <laughs> the most pathetic approach of the bunch mm-hmm <laughs> really fun uh, but anyway so this is super short but um it's the one where they have a little field trip of kids that come in to the mm. precinct to like learn about things i don't know why you go to a precinct Sorry, and school isn't... trip okay there oh, we go my mum's home okay just start that <laughs> start that episode again <laughs> okay cool um yeah, if you hear the door, that's what that is. God damn it. Anyway, so 
basically they bring a bunch of kids in on a school trip and (laughs) oh my god my laptop my dad is gonna come in any minute and it's gonna happen right. again i was laughing at the laptop to be fair but then i thought your reaction meant that your dad was home no soon he, he will be <laughs> anyway anyway the kids come to the precinct <laughs> for a school trip i don't know why you'd bring kids to a precinct for a school trip but they do mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure like the a plot of this or the most significant part of this is that terry wants his kids to go to the school, so he's trying to impress the administrator. But Amy often pops in with some fun little things of her own. Like, she says, like, don't worry, Terry, we've got this. I was voted most likely to befriend a school administrator at school. Which, if Jake were there, I wish he would give the self-burn. Yeah. <laughs> because, God, I think <laughs> everyone at Amy's school must have hated her. With every- yeah. all of these... All of these things she's getting awarded. That's quite sad thinking of her at a regular school. Mm-hmm. Not like an extra, extra smart school where everyone's a narc. Just like a normal school where everyone thinks that she's just really uptight and annoying and probably mm-hmm. doesn't have any friends. I wonder what Jake got voted most likely at school. Probably most likely to like die falling off a skateboard or something. <laughs> yeah, just die young. Yeah. But anyway, Amy yeah. was clearly not liked. And she's, she's as, I mean, she's right. She gets on really well with the school administrator. Mm. Like they have this little conversation where she, I think, uses Latin in front of the school administrator and just goes like, some people say Latin is dead, but I just say that it's taking a little nap. (laughs) Academic chuckle. Yep. That's (laughs) that's your dad. (laughs) That's like my dad would say, but it's super obnoxious. Uh And yeah, we also learned that at Amy's school, um, when she was in eighth grade, she got the key to the teacher's lounge. Okay. Not because the teachers wanted to be around her because she was incredibly smart, um, but because she restocked the fridge and cleaned up after them. <gasps> Which is so sad. Like, what terrible teachers to take advantage of this kid who's always looking for validation from her, like, authority figures. That's, that's so sad. That's just... Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Like, it's it's not even that her peers hated her. No. And her teachers liked her because she was a teacher's pet. She also annoyed her teachers and they took advantage of her. Oh, that's, that's so, so sad. <laughs> but we quickly find out that Amy is way too boring for the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. like maths. They don't like her preppy spirit. No. They want someone who's cool. But Amy is also super, super insecure and desperate for validation. So when she gets up there and they don't like her, I swear to God, two seconds and she's like, who wants to see a dead body? Because she just wants them to like her so much. Well, yeah, she knows that that's inappropriate. She knows. But yeah, Mm. in that minute, she just loses all sight and is like, I need these kids to like me. She just wants to be liked. (laughs) And obviously the school administrator is pissed that these kids are looking at dead bodies. Mm. And therefore ruins Terry's plan because Terry's kids are not going to get into this school now. Mm. But she makes up for it by going and convincing the school administrator that they should reconsider Terry's kids because the kids actually learned a lot and it wasn't wasn't Terry's fault. So I like how she takes responsibility for it at the end. Yeah, yeah. 
She still saved the day. And she stands up to the school administrator a bit, mm. which is something she would not have done as a kid, which they keep comparing this to. Yeah. Shows that she has grown. It's not like a reflection of her as a kid that's funny. It's also that like she's grown past it. Yeah. She's the adult now. It's nice. Oh. So, do you have something more relevant you want to follow? I initially watched Lights Out because I thought it would be good for Jake and Amy, but honestly, it's just it's more for her personality. Yeah, it's weird because it is like it's Amy literally giving birth to her and Jake's child but weirdly it's it's a better episode for her than for the two of them yeah I think so because they don't really interact yeah that's the whole point of the episode Jake's trying to get to her yeah but yeah so maybe I'll just go through that one and then we can move on to a different cool yeah yeah um I'll be pretty quick but because the premise is pretty simple it's an entire episode where there's a massive blackout in the city and so, obviously, the whole station goes and, like... And so, like, the whole, like, force has to, like, step up, basically. And Amy being sergeant at the time, and also nine months pregnant... <laughs> about to go on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. She's literally just about to go on maternity leave. There's a huge blackout. And it's a really it's a really interesting episode for her because it's just her trying to do her job and also going into labour at the same mm-hmm. time. Because she immediately starts taking charge. Especially because Holt and Terry are stuck in a lift. So she has to take charge. She is like the highest ranking person there at the time. Highest ranked officer who is not stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. And so she immediately starts doing her job. And starts like bossing people around, telling people what to do. And then just casually lets it slip to Rosa that her water broke. Mm-hmm. And Rosa is just looking at her like... What? <laughs> like, your water broke? And she's just losing it. And and Amy's, like, completely just trying to play it off. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm fine. Like, contractions haven't even started, you know. It's not it's not that bad. And then it's very, very clearly starts to have a contraction as she pauses and clearly looks in pain for, like, 30 yeah. seconds. And then carries on. She's, she's in so much pain, she, like, breaks a clipboard that she's yeah. holding. <laughs> And, like, that's just, like, the premise of the entire episode. But I think it's just a good episode because it shows just how driven this woman mm. is. Like, the, the stamina, the drive of this woman to just keep going. It also shows just how much she loves her job. And just yeah, how obsessed she is true. with her job. And how she's good it is stopping. she is. Oh, sorry. I, I said something and I realised I said it wrong and it wasn't really a sentence. I was just adding that she's also very good at it. It shows just how good at it she is while she's Mm -hmm. in labour and saving the city at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because she she is doing it. She just keeps going. She keeps going this entire episode. It's very impressive. But yeah, I think it just shows how much willpower she has as Mm. a person. It's true. Mm -hmm. To just keep going. And she just knows that she has this position of responsibility and she has to... And she has to do it. And like, realistically, I think... Deep down, she knows she could probably pass on the responsibility to someone else. Rosa's pretty capable. You could very yeah. clearly give your job to Rosa and go be in labour. Yeah. But no, she wants to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, she has the baby. She does. Yeah. It's very cute. It's very cute. And it's quite nice because, like, her and Jake are having this, like, nice moment and they're, like, holding the baby and, like, Amy's saying something on the lines of, like, you know, we've got, like, a really cool story to tell our kid of, like, how 
um, like his dad helped and it helped the entire city and like rode a horse to get here and Jake's like saying that this kid's gonna grow up knowing his mum managed a whole citywide emergency while giving birth and they're just kind of quite proud of each other that day mm. and it's just quite nice yeah and they they named the kid after John McClane <laughs> the Mac. kid's called Mac that's Mac <laughs> Santiago Peralta I do like the moment when she's in labour and Rose is trying to distract her and she's just like, hey, Amy, any new binders come out? And she's like, I don't want to talk about binders, Rosa. And Rosa's like, okay, well, that, that, that was my shot. Mm-hmm. Nothing else can distract her. Yeah. But just, it's the one moment where Amy does not care about organisation. Yeah, that's how bad labour is. Amy yeah. does not care about organisation. I mean, I, to be honest, I did forget to mention the bit that what does distract her in the end is um, <gasps> Terry and Holt dancing. doing a practice oh. dance to, is it Push It? Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Salt and pepper, you say. It's so fucking good. She's like, well, I'm, I'm definitely distracted. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, because obviously season eight isn't on Netflix. We haven't actually seen them be parents yet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see them be parents. To be fair, I think their baby is still probably like a little a little marshmallow. So yeah, just like I don't like think parenting toddler. has really kicked in. I think it's more just like kind of taking care of a little blob for It's a more while. keeping something alive rather than... Yeah. Raising a child. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I think a very similar episode that I watched is Maximum Security. Mm. Where it's kind of about their relationship, but also about Amy being very capable. Yeah. So it's the episode where she is sent undercover into a prison to get some information from a suspect's sister. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise is that people don't think Amy is very capable. They don't think she's capable of dealing with this situation. And yeah. it's her really trying to prove herself. And also knowing that she's capable and trying to deal with all of her friends and loved ones who don't really believe in her. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of the premise of the episode. And at the beginning, Holt presents that they need someone to go undercover in this prison. And so, you know, she volunteers. And they all laugh at her completely. Like, Amy, you wouldn't be very good at this. You're not exactly intimidating. Which, fair enough, hmm. but they're pretty mean about it. And it's like, yeah. obviously, Rosa's gonna do it. And so, fair enough. Rosa makes sense. She's actually pretty intimidating. Um, and for a lot of the beginning of the episode, Amy's just doing paperwork for the B-plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of fun because they exaggerate the problem by showing how she can't even do the paperwork because it involves faking Pimento's death. And she can't deal with the morality of stamping a fake document that the 99 yeah. is, like, faking to, I don't know, some kind of plan. Yeah. That, that's illegal. And she can barely do that. She can barely stamp a piece of paper mm-hmm. because it's immoral. And they don't think she'll be able to deal with prison. So, yeah. you know, it, it's a fun representation of that. And so Rosa goes on the job, but then she gets two feet inside the prison. And immediately the the woman they're trying to find the suspect is just like, Aren't you the cop that arrested me? And Rose is like, uh... And so it's like, okay, Amy's doing it. (laughs) Which is fun. It's a fun way of swapping that out. And so, yeah, Amy gets on the job. She gets a little pregnancy bump, which I believe this is because um, Melissa Fumero was pregnant with her first child at the time. So it's like a cover for her pregnancy bump. She's got this fake bump on and pretends to be pregnant the whole episode so that she can go sneak... And talk to Jake and Boyle all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're pretending to be her, like, physician. Because she's pregnant. It's a fun yeah. cover. Mm-hmm. And also because Melissa Fumero is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, they're trying to practice before she goes in the prison and they do not have any faith in her. And as the audience, you don't either. Because they're practicing her backstory where she stabbed someone in the neck many times. And she's Amy's trying to, like, practice saying this. And she just goes like, yeah, some perv on the subway tried to touch me. And so I, I went up and got a knife and was like, did someone order a tracheotomy? And Jake's just like, okay, bit too technical, but I love the aggression. Um, mm-hmm. And she's clearly, like, not aggressive enough for this. Yeah. She's clearly a bit too, like... I don't know what the word is. Is there a good word for this? She's a bit too uptight for this. I don't know, too articulate. Just a bit of a nerd. Not rough enough. <laughs> yeah, she's just a bit of a nerd. Yeah. And so they keep going with this, and at one point she says, like, I'm gonna split you like a Sunday with grandpa. Bitch. And they're like, love the bitch. Mm-hmm. Everything else, no. No. And so, like, you don't have a lot of faith in her in this moment. She's a bit too nerdy for this. Mm-hmm. And so, but she goes in. She's doing a pretty good job. She looks pretty tough. She's socializing. Jake says, like, good. She's abbreviating just like she practiced, even though she hates it. She hates doing it. Like, that's mm-hmm. the toughest thing about being in prison, is using abbreviations. But she does really, really well. They do. Yeah. That's why they're so cute. But yeah, Amy does really well. She, like, brings in contraband. She's able to, like, sneak it around to mm-hmm. the other prisoners and, like, be social about things. Her wordplay is still a bit, like off mm-hmm. like she's still a bit too eccentric but you know people bit. are buying it yeah but people are fine with it and jake just goes like wow people are really starved for entertainment in there prison is hell <laughs> which is another way of brooklyn 99 you know actually getting to the heart of a problem for a moment and then it's yeah. like but we're still undercover cops in the prison trying to arrest mm-hmm. someone else so yeah. you're like oh that's Anyways. funny but you're kind of just lampshading the problem yeah but it is funny and so at one point amy's plan Mm. accidentally gets her into a fight and the mark I forgot I need to remember the name of this lady I didn't write it down but she like starts threatening to kill Amy because you know they're like fighting and so Jake wants her to back down so she doesn't die which I guess is reasonable because he you know cares about his girlfriend (laughs) Um, but Amy wants to keep going because she wants people to respect her and you know she's in prison she's got to put on this front Mm. and so you have this back and forth where Jake keeps calling her into his office it's like oh it's a pregnancy thing but also like telling her like well just be careful don't get into too many fights and getting too overprotective and Amy is like it's fine stop calling me in here I've got this I can handle this and he doesn't think she can and it's like this back and forth and like there's a fun montage where it's her walking into the office all angry and being like this time she didn't even have a weapon and Jake is just like she had a fork that's like four tiny shivs on a stick and like Jake coming up with more and more ridiculous excuses as to why he pulled her out of the situation because yeah. he just wants to protect her and mm-hmm. Jake doesn't think she's tough enough for this it's like this fun push and pull of their relationship. But Amy also standing up for herself. Yeah. Like, she does tell Jake, like, you're the one who's not tough enough to deal with this situation. It's not me. I'm fine. <laughs> you're just coming up with excuses. And Jake does eventually admit that, like, yeah, it's just me that has a problem with this. I can't yeah. be around here. You are clearly capable enough for this mission. It's just me who can't deal with it. Yeah. And so the solution, because people are starting to get suspicious that Amy's being called out every five minutes, is to um have Amy fake kicking the shit out of Jake in the middle of yeah. prison. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really funny. And I, I like that it's it's a nice episode for Amy like standing up for herself mm-hmm. and proving that she is capable, even if she's a bit of a nerd. Yeah. She's still able to bring it when she needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it shows how close she and Jake are. He just wants to protect her. Because it's tough seeing his girlfriend in prison with people threatening her life yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. 
It does go on for an episode two, which I wasn't prepared for that I did watch, but to be fair, I didn't write anything down. No. It's mainly just the Mark trying to seduce Boyle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's kind of what it becomes, isn't it? When, like, Jake kind of lets go. Yeah, Amy... Boyle. Amy's not very involved, but she does keep doing very smart and successful things. She's able yeah. to get the Mark to talk. She's pretty good. So yeah. I'm very proud of Amy. We also learned two fun facts about Amy in this episode. Ooh, go on. One is she goes to an adult puzzle camp every summer. <laughs> and Jake has been hiding the leaflets every year <laughs> because he doesn't want her to go every summer. I think he's just worried he'll, he'll be invited. <laughs> <laughs> probably. And second, um, Amy watches porn. Oh. Good for Amy. Good for her. I think Jake makes a comment that women don't watch porn and Amy's like, well, and he's like, really and she's like uh-huh and he's like oh okay information for later <laughs> but i'm like yeah he watches porn good for yeah. me yeah good for her so that episode's fun yeah yeah do you want to keep going with jake and amy yeah well that's like a pretty natural segue isn't it i mean i have the literal episode jake and amy yeah i think i've only got jake and amy stuff left so you'll be wrapping this thing up with lin Manuel miranda <laughs> As every episode should be. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing we don't do that more often. Just a random Lin-Manuel Miranda segment. And think about it, this is his second appearance on the podcast from Encanto. Is he the first or oh, second repetitive? Because we're seeing, um, we're not fully covering her, but we're seeing Stephanie Beatrice again and Lin. Yeah. That's fun. Somehow, though, the only person who always comes up is James McAvoy. It's true, we've never covered him properly. But he's here in spirit every time. Every single time there will be a comparison to Charles Xavier. <laughs> well, the thing is, I wish it was just because I keep bringing up Charles Xavier, because I do. But we mm. also just talk about him anyway. Oh, we just talk about James McAvoy. <laughs> anyway, just yeah. other roles of his. Yeah. We need that to do a character we... of his soon. It was before we did the marathon, though. Yeah. The James McAvoy marathon. So it was even before that. I know. He just keeps coming up. Yeah. Who would we do of James first? Which character of his would we do first? Just Charles. Yeah, but it won't be a full James episode when we talk about Charles. It'll be a mixture be, uh, of like comics comic and Patrick and... Stewart and James McAvoy. What's like a James Some character split that we would do? James, I feel maybe? like Split would probably be the most obvious. That's like his big boy <laughs> acting showcase. What did yeah. you think of? Well, I was like, we're not going to do like wanted James, are we? Or <laughs> and we could. I think that might be our least listened to episode. <laughs> that being fucking said, though, mm. that comes up in, in the Liminal Miranda episode. Yeah, stay tuned. Okay, I, okay. You don't even know when it is because it took me by surprise. We'll get there. Hold that thought. Right, okay. I'm very <laughs> well, intrigued that now. I'm so We're intrigued. not getting there yet. We're doing Jake first. Then we'll Jake. do Lynn. Yeah. And it will come up. Okay. All right. You hit me with some Jake stuff. Um, I mean, the first thing I have for them is the bat. Ah, uh, yes. Because I think this is the, the scene that you were talking about earlier. That this is the place that Amy goes to. Is the place that yes. Jake and Amy went to on this episode. And so, You're right. canonically, I guess this is the episode where Jake starts to have feelings for Amy. Mm. Became obsessed with you forever. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so... In this episode, basically, the the bet's kind of been looming throughout season one. It's kind of just been in the background. Not, not for that long, but it's been in the background. 
And so we see in this episode, through a flashback, that this bet is basically whoever can arrest the most criminals by the end of a certain amount of time, I can't remember how, how much time it is, whoever arrests the most criminals wins. And basically, so there's two, so there's stakes to the bet. If Amy wins, Jake has to give Amy his car. And if mm. Jake wins, Jake is going to take Amy out on a date. That's mm. the stakes of the bet. And high stakes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do like is that Amy is the person to like initiate the fact that there's going to be stakes of the bet. Versus just like a fun little like bet, little conversation. And it's Amy is the one who like brings in like actual stakes and i think it is her who suggests that jake bets his car because she knows just how much jake loves this car yeah and there's like a few like fun bits before like the the bet is over and there's a bit where like before like the bet is finished i'm like Amy walks past Jake, pretending to be on the phone, being like, yeah, um, 311, what's the safest way to set a car on fire? And looks at Jake, and just, Jake's like, <gasps> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so in the end, obviously, Jake wins. He sets up a whole celebration for when he wins. He has, like, party poppers and music to celebrate it. And obviously, Amy is, is kind of devastated, I'm not gonna lie, I really want to know what she had planned if she won, because you know that she also had music and pop. <laughs> That's true, and she does the Amy dance pants thing, and she dances. Uh-huh. And so, like, obviously this is here to... Just looking at Amy now, this just shows that she's very competitive, and it's one thing mm. that her and Jake really have in common, is the fact that yeah. they are both very stubborn and very competitive, mm. and they both, like, really, really want to win. So that's quite fun, but, like, for the two of them, obviously... Jake takes Amy on a date and he deliberately tries to make it the worst date in the world. She's yeah. wearing like this awful dress and they go to can this I... bar. Sorry. Sorry. I just want to like can I at this point ask this is at this point where like they've kind of been pulling each other's pigtails all season, right? Mm. Like they have this is before they develop as like friends. They have this like kind of antagonistic slightly will they won't they relationship going on. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. But yeah, so like Jake just plans the the worst date ever for them. What I absolutely love is when I think Amy gets in the car and they're about to go on the date and I think Jake says to her, no matter what happens, you aren't allowed to fall in love with me. That's cute. Mm-hmm. And she does. A lot later yeah. on, but she does. That's true. Yeah. Aww. Doesn't yeah. he make her wear, like, a prom dress? Like, a quinceanera dress? Yeah, like, this big, puffy, like, plastic <laughs> blue dress. The worst thing is, Melissa Fumero still looks stunning. <laughs> she still looks amazing. I know. And then they get um called to, like, do a stakeout in the middle of the date. And it's just such a cute scene of the two of them sitting on that roof, and they're just doing the stakeout. And they're just kind of hanging out, and they're kind of real with each other for a minute. And it's just quite, I don't know, it's just quite cute. I think Jake asks, like, were you actually going to, like, burn my car? And Amy's like, no, I was going to learn how to drive stick, which I think means drive manual, I think. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. American (laughs) words. American words. But yeah, it's a really cute bit, and they just start, like, throwing, like, nuts into each other's mouths. (laughs) They're just, like, throwing nuts. And then Jake goes to take a call from Holt, and Holt is being like, I found someone to relieve you, you can just, um, someone else can take over the state. 
out and like you can guys can go back on your date and just Jake just looks over at Amy who at that point has put a load of nuts in her hand throws them up in the air and tries to catch them and then kind of shouts at Jake like the key is volume (laughs) and Jake just looks so sweet so cute and just Jake just looks at her in that moment and is like no I want to keep this going and so he tells Holt to to tell the um the relief team to stand down he doesn't need them and so and honestly Jake went in so much debt for this (laughs) did he? (laughs) so much debt (laughs) I think he says at one point like ah it's all on credit cards it's fine oh no (laughs) it's like oh no oh Jake the bleeding's internal that's where the blood's supposed to be (laughs) I love Jake Uh, I think this is where he mentions at one point that um he is he is hiring a tiger cub by the hour, and Holt's just like, <laughs> "Why?" And Jake's just like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't actually know. I'm just waiting for inspiration to strike." <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's very cute. And then the episode ends with them working together to um catch the the criminals again. Oh, yeah, good for them. Yeah, honestly, I'm just obsessed with the. You want allowed to fall in love with me. I'm just it's just That's adorable. That's like a quote you see at the beginning before like a fan cam. Yeah. Of them then falling yeah. in love. I bet we could find that if we tried. Probably. Yeah. I'll make that. Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this this episode's adorable for them, and we can talk about the fact that they're such a great relationship. Yeah. Like they're so nice together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they both have this like competitive, supported, like excitable spirit. Like they both feel like big kids, yeah. But like she helps make him more responsible, and he helps calm her down. Yeah, they're great it's together. Great. It's great. I love it. Do you want to bring in a Jake Amy episode? Yeah, I feel like if we talked about when they first kind of got together, it's when they got married. Oh. To be fair, I don't really have a lot of notes for this episode because it's actually way more of a Jake episode. Yeah. Amy's not really particularly active in this episode Mm -hmm. she's more reactive to jake right okay so like they're getting married and the fun of the episode is as always everything goes wrong yeah (laughs) i love wedding episodes where the more chaos the better Mm -hmm. and to be fair amy's freaking out anyway at the beginning because (laughs) i feel like every everyone who has a wedding it's a nightmare because so many things are happening and there's so many things that have to coincide at the exact right moment. So things go wrong. I feel mm. like weddings are a nightmare anyway. And people are balls of stress all day. Yeah. And so Amy, who is a very, very anxious person, is naturally absolutely losing her shit. Because mm. she's planned everything perfectly. But, you know, Jake is like, he's there. He's like, don't worry. We've reworked some things. I'll send... He sends, like, the squad out in groups mm-hmm. to, like, go get the ring and the dress and the veil I think he gets Hitchcock and Scully to find a new band and Amy's like, the band cancelled? And he's like, no, we're just getting them out of the way because they stress you out. And Amy's like, babe! Aww. They're very sweet together. Mm-hmm. Until there's a bomb at the wedding. They get like a call in for a bomb. And so the bomb squad comes in. They're kind of the wedding right now. It's all very stressful. And Amy is kind of losing her mind throughout the episode. Mm. And it's also fun because you get Teddy, Amy's oh, yeah. ex- Returns. Did you watch any Teddy episodes? Uh, yeah, I watched. Where is it? Oh, I watched Road Trip, which is oh, okay. when Amy breaks up with Teddy. 
Do you want to very quickly talk about that one first, just to like sure. introduce Teddy before we talk about the, kind of the last time we see him? <laughs> I think it builds up nicely to this. So do you want yeah. to take it for a minute and talk about that episode? Sure. Okay. Um, I mean to introduce Teddy. <laughs> Bless him. This man, like he, he's kind of. Both, like, Jake and Amy kind of have a relationship in the show before they get together. Mm. And weirdly, they both kind of find someone who's kind of perfect for them, weirdly, but it doesn't work. Right. Because they're meant to be. Because they're meant to be. they're meant to be. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, Teddy and Amy have a lot in common. They're just both massive nerds. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a bit in one episode where they just start like reciting like police codes to each other? Like, <laughs> both just absolute nerds. Yeah, but um, yeah. Eventually, Amy just realizes that, that Teddy's very boring and very obsessed with pilsners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what what are pilsners? I think it's like an alcoholic. Is that what drink? Let's have a look. What it actually is? Because I pilsners. I don't think they ever explained it. The type of pale lager. Oh, I did think it was beer. I didn't think, but I, I guess sh- like shit beer. Maybe shit like a lager, like a watered down, maybe. Maybe it's yeah. got to be shit. It's Teddy. Yeah, it's yeah. It sounds. It doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> but um, yeah. The premise of the episode is that Jake and Amy are going on a little trip anyway, just for work, and they're like staying in this little like cabiny hotel. And Jake decides to invite his girlfriend, Sophia, and he tells Amy this. And Amy's kind of like, oh, you know, Teddy would never do something like that for me. He's not very, like, spontaneous and romantic. And Amy literally says that Teddy once made her a pilsner, but it tasted like hand lotion and it didn't have any bubbles in it. So it was just, it was just (laughs) disgusting. Oh, no. Yeah. And so the minute Amy leaves, Jake is like, oh... I would know what the best thing to do here is to invite Teddy on the trip. And keep this as a surprise for Amy. So Mm. he tells Amy, like, ten minutes before Teddy's meant to arrive, that Teddy's coming. And then Amy just goes, why on earth did you do that? I'm gonna break up with him. (laughs) And Jake's like, damn it, Jake. Shit. (laughs) Classic Jake. He tried. But, um, yeah, it's just the rest of the episode, Teddy arrives, and Amy's, like, really, really, really stressed about trying to hang around him because she wants to break up with him. And, um, so Jake and Sophia are just like, okay, Amy, all you have to do is just hang around with, like, Teddy for, like, this one evening. You can do it. Just just be chill. Amy really can't be chill. Oh, she, oh, she cannot at all be chill. Mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, she just ends up almost yelling at Teddy, just like, I want to break up. It's quite a funny scene. It is quite keep funny. stressing her out. Well, it's funny because Jake and Sophia are also present for this. Mm, They're just yeah. sitting right there. And then the waitress arrives. She's like, hey, guys. And everyone's like, this is so awkward. <laughs> it just escalates until Amy just bursts. Mm-hmm. And is like, Teddy, I need to break up with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then she tries to like explain. But she's just floundering because... Cause she hasn't had the chance to finish off her first draft of the breakup speech. Of course. Mm-hmm. So she's well, just we've floundering. All been there. We've all been there. <laughs> and she and she literally is like trying to be nice to him, but she ends up kind of like spurting out that there's just no spark between us, and you're boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. 
and it just goes really, really badly. And what happens is, is that Teddy ends up saying that you don't want to break up with me because I'm boring. You want to break up with me because you have feelings for Jake. Which is not entirely untrue, right? Mm. Yeah, because at this point, Jake openly has feelings for Amy and has told her this. Oh, we have like a thing in the first like two seasons where they keep being like ships in the night, where one of them likes the other, and then by the time they've moved on, the other one likes the other. Love it. Yeah. Fabulous. Dramatic. Love it. Love it. Doesn't happen too many times, though. But at this point, Jake has been very openly interested in Amy, and he's starting to move on with his new girlfriend. And just as he is moving on, Amy's like, oh no, I like Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just the classic just missing each other. Yeah. And yeah, so that's just what breaks up Amy and Teddy. It causes a bit of problems with Jake and Sophia, but they they do get over it. Like, Jake is like, no, I don't like Amy anymore. I like yeah. you. But yeah, that's an introduction to Teddy. Mm-hmm. Who is, oh god, he's so, he's so much like her. It's the most realistic thing in the world that you can see why he, she started dating him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they're so similar. But also, she clearly likes someone who makes her laugh. And is interesting and fun. And Teddy is just absolutely none of those things. And so he keeps popping in throughout the show. Clearly still in love with Amy. And it's, they actually like walk a pretty fine line with him. Mm. Where he is clearly interested in Amy. And it could be very, very creepy. But it never really is. Because they just make him kind of pathetic. And it's always for the butt of the joke. He will eventually be like, and I'm leaving. But I'll be back later. Like, he's never too creepy about it. It's just for comedy. Yeah. It's always funny. Yeah. He's always really funny. (laughs) And Amy never likes him back, even for a moment afterwards. No. No. Not at all. And then he shows up at the wedding because because Teddy changed entire careers because Amy said he was boring when she broke up with him. Mm-hmm. So now he's changed his career path and he's a bomb disposal guy. Because he decided... I, I was going to say it gave him a personality crisis, but I think he just wanted to impress Amy by changing careers and becoming yeah. a, a bomb defusal guy. Yeah. It, it didn't so, work, surprisingly. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, it's probably going to take hours. You should cancel the wedding, because he wants to cancel their wedding, because he's planning on proposing to Amy on her wedding day. And it's so funny. He keeps dropping it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, this man. It's just really funny. I think at one point, he, like, I think, I don't know, he somehow leads into it, and Jake's just like, are you planning on proposing to Amy? And he's like, no, but that's a good lead in Jake. Anyway, and gets down on one knee, and they're like, no! Get up! <laughs> it's so funny. And so, like, Jake is mainly solving the problem of the episode. He's kind of obsessed with the idea that someone's trying to kill him as, like, a fantasy thing. Yeah. He's kind of excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and Amy's kind of just reacting to it. Like, she's getting very, very stressed. And so Jake brought her nicotine patches, just in case... And, like, gives one to her. And it's just sweet that he, like, has them on hand for her. And yes. she just slaps it on her forehead immediately. It's just like, I want it as close to my brain as I can. Uh-huh. And she's just like, don't worry. We've got you this. We're going to sort it out. And she just goes, I love you so much. And he's like, I love you too. Wait, are you talking to me or the nicotine patches? And she kind of pauses and is like, I can love two things. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but Jake finds out that the person... Well, I think they think it's a fake 
like bomb threat. Mm. But no, it's a real bomb. It's an yeah. actual bomb in there. And they yeah. find out that as a fun flip, Jake has been fantasizing the whole episode that someone's trying to kill him and that like someone called in the bomb threat because like their daughter found at the last plan at the last minute their plans in the basement and she called in to try and save their lives and all this random stuff. Turns mm. out that's exactly what happened, but with Amy, where they find uh. the criminal who hates Amy and was planning to kill Amy and has a shrine of photos of her on his wall and he's like Jake's like god damn it you got the eyes scratched out and everything I'm so jealous <laughs> and Amy's just like don't worry we're getting married we can share criminals who want us to like to get murdered just like together we can share those things now and he's like that's a really nice spin on it thank you and turns out yeah the daughter found the dad's plans and phoned it in and it's like Jake's entire fantasy but it was about Amy but for Amy <laughs> so funny but so the wedding is basically cancelled okay However, they do the most valid sitcom trope in the world, mm-hmm. which is a scratched together wedding at the last minute in a place of emotional resonance for people yeah. in the show. I always think of friends when they do it at like the, the coffee shop with Paul Rudd. Oh like yeah. Like at the last minute on the street. They do like the same thing here basically. Yeah. Where they just plan to have the wedding at the precinct because they would love to get married to each other wherever they are, and it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. And Gina was going to wear a white wedding dress to the wedding. Because <laughs> Amy doesn't have a dress. So Gina's yep. just like, oh yeah, I brought one. And she puts it on and, and God, Melissa Fumero looks so pretty when she puts on the yeah. like dress. She looks gorgeous. Yeah. And she just goes to Gina like, Gina, this is insane that you were going to wear this to my wedding. And she's like, I know. Just like Gina's final like needle in is that she was going to wear a big white wedding dress to the wedding. Yeah. Just pull a Sue from Glee and just turn <laughs> up in that dress. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Sue does that in Glee, I forgot. She walks down the aisle as well. <laughs> oh yeah, because they think it's Emma and the reveal is when Sue lifts the veil. It's Jane Lynch. Because <laughs> Emma's ran off and Sue's just like, I'm yeah. trying to save this. <laughs> Even though she basically convinced Emma to leave. Yeah. Oh, Glee's wonderful. Oh. Why was the Glee Brooklyn Nine Nine crossover? They could have had it in 2014, but they didn't. They didn't. What a shame. No. (laughs) Oh, I would have killed to see this cast sing. Uh Oh my god. But anyway, the only other thing is that they have the little wedding and they have the vows, which Mm -hmm. are very sweet. And I like how. I mean, Holt officiates, which hell yeah. Holt officiating is adorable. Yeah. But um, they have their vows, and it's nice because Jake's are the serious vows. Mm-hmm. He has a very, very genuine speech of how much he loves Amy, and she makes him a better person, and he can't wait to spend the rest of his life with her, and it's lovely. And Amy also has a pretty sincere one, but she gets to have the joke, not Jake, because she brings back a joke that Jake made at the beginning of the episode, which is where she goes, I do have bad news. There is a bomb at this wedding. It's your butt. Your butt is the bomb. And there will be no survivors. And Jake, in tears, is just like, you're my dream girl. Yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. I like that she gets the joke at the end. Me too. It's nice. I mean, that's always what I think of when I think of the two of them influencing each other. I think yeah. of that bit. Yeah. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And it's just a random funny moment where um, Teddy is here because they don't have anyone to bring the ring down. So they bring it in a robot and Jake has never been happier. That a robot is at his wedding, and That's he's and wedding. Teddy's the one, um, like controlling the robot. And just at the back, he just goes like, "Are you guys doing that thing where people get to object?" And they're like, "No, no, no, we're not doing that." And Teddy just goes, "You've outsmarted me. Carry on," and leaves. <laughs> and I think we never see Teddy again. 
completely <laughs> respectfully like you've outsmarted me. Carry Stop on. Jack. Nope. <laughs> Got That's me what there. I mean is they could make this creepy and obsessive, but they yeah. don't because it's just so completely the entire joke. And then he's just like goodbye, Fedora <laughs> Tip. So funny. <laughs> I love it. Oh. So yeah, it's not the most Amy-centric episode, but you know, it, it's kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice for Amy. He's married. It's so sweet. It's really nice. Okay. I have a couple of halt things left, and I have a couple of family things left. Do I... yours fit into either? Or do you have something else? They do not. So you'll be... Oh, wait. Oh, no. Do you know what? No, it doesn't matter. No. What are you going to say? I've got Johnny and Dora, but honestly, to be honest, I think we can just go. To be honest, one of the things I think of with Amy the most is when in the Johnny and Dora episode, they're trying to pretend that they're together. Mm. And the the other couple, Johnny and Dora, ask them like, oh, what did you see in each other when you fell in love? And she just looks at him, looks at Jake so sincerely and is just like, he makes me laugh. Yeah. And there's something about Melissa Fumero's like delivery. It always makes me so yeah. emotional. It's yeah. so lovely. So shout out to that episode because I think about that a lot. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's lovely. It's lovely. Anything else from there that stuck out to you? Um, not gonna lie, it's quite funny when they're when they're both kind of like lying before they actually get like quite sincere, and they're lying to like the couple they've been undercover with. Um, like they they start like coming up with this like backstory for their relationship, and Jake's like, oh yeah, you know. Um, when we met, I was dating this and swim like swimsuit model, you know, and and then Amy like carries on with that and just is like, oh yeah, you know, well, when when we met, I was dating a super handsome controller of a major U.S. city, and that's her dream man. <laughs> oh my god! Jake no! says a swimsuit model, <laughs> and Amy says a controller of a major U.S. city. What's a controller? I googled it and now I can't remember. It's like a management position, I assume? Something boring. Yeah. That's funny. Com- yeah, it's a management level position responsible for supervising the quality of accounting and financial reporting of an organisation. Oh, tell me more right now. That's her dream, man. We're a little bit different, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Good for <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I think we can just go on. I think we should do family, then halt. End on halt. End on halt? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, what's the difference? Unless you want to end on Lynn. Ah. <laughs> uh, mm, I mean, to be fair, the family stuff, I think, is very deep and, like, analytical, and the Holt stuff is just a funny side plot, really. That's so what do you want to end on? Let's end on, on the funny, yeah. Okay, cool. Shall we talk about daddy or, or brother? Let's go dad, then brother? Because we meet dad first, then the brother. We so. do. This is one of my favourite episodes, although mm. it is a little odd, but I do love this episode. Mr. Mm-hmm. Santiago, season f- four or five? Yeah. Is it's this, just great. Is it pre or post-wedding? Pre. Pre. Okay. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I assume they wouldn't have got married without her, without Jake meeting her dad. Yeah. And also, I think her dad is still under the impression that he can stop this relationship before yeah. it gets too far. So basically, Amy's dad is here for Thanksgiving. And we meet him. He's Jimmy Smits. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And... Amy is so stressed throughout this whole episode because her dad is, just like her, very, very picky. Mm -hmm. A big perfectionist and she wants to impress him because her parents are very pressurising, as we learn. And so, for the first bit of the episode where Jimmy Smits is not here, it's just really funny how, like, stressed she is. Like, her body language, like, the hunched shoulders, 
She like speaks more quickly than normal. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because at the beginning of the episode, Holt is like talking about something in like a, a brief room. And Jake just interrupts and is like, I'd love to hear your Beyonce thoughts, sir. I really would. Because Holt's about to say like the most amazing thing possible. And he's like, but we should probably let Amy speak. And Holt turns and mm-hmm. the camera pans and Amy is right in his face. <laughs> and Holt is just like, ah, okay. I see what's happening here. And so Amy super stressed is giving this like briefing of like okay guys it's thanksgiving no fucking about because my dad's coming and it's a big deal yeah and there's just like a funny moment where she's just like i have a rigid schedule for thanksgiving so don't be late or i'll slit your throats and i think it's rosa or maybe gina who's like you don't have to laugh we know you mean it and she's like good <laughs> and i love how intense she is uh-huh because I think it's like any person with anxiety where when the anxiety is confronted with actual like problems that stresses you out, you get so irritable yeah. you get so mad at people and mm-hmm. so intense and I think it's also maybe some of the more like autistic traits that Amy has manifests in her just like needing everything to be a plan she yeah. can't go into anything without a structure there is no spontaneity things must be planned beforehand yeah. and so it kind of manifests here and it's just super funny mhm and I like how, like, throughout the whole episode, she's, like, on a mission to have everything go perfectly. And she is fine with the turkey slaughter that Charles has planned. Yeah. Like, Charles is going to murder a turkey and the, the group splits into two halves of this is okay, this is not, like, in the house. And Amy's just like, it's getting late. My dad's arriving soon. So just be quick. <laughs> like, Amy is fine with this as long as it means that her dad gets food on time. Uh, but, and so that's the B-plot that um, occurs, but it's really sweet when her dad gets there, and it's it's Jimmy Smith, and he's all charming, and they mm-hmm. hug, and they they like salute before they hug. Okay. We get a lot of insight into Amy as a person from who her dad is. So like they do a little salute before they hug, and they immediately start talking about the crossword this morning, and just like, ooh, <laughs> what about three down? Oh my god, what about fourteen across? And just keep doing that. And they're like, oh, what about this? And they say it together. It's it's so nerdy and it's so sweet. <laughs> like you see so. <laughs> I know! You see so much about Amy from this. Yeah. That's so funny. And then Holt and her dad interact. Holt and and Victor interact. And it makes Amy so happy. Like, Holt comes over and says to Victor, like, could you pass me that plate? And Victor does. And it's the most simple interaction in the world. And Amy is just like, that was everything. Uh (laughs) It's just so sweet. You have a very similar moment with Jake, where Holt and Jake's dad meet, and they shake hands and they stand next to each other, and they both look at Jake side by side, and Jake is just like, oh no, this is suddenly very difficult for me. Yep. (laughs) It's so fun. And we learn info about her dad. Mm -hmm. He arranges the money in his wallet by serial number. Okay. By serial number. That is unhinged. His favourite font is Garamond. And when Jake has the font, he comes over and is like, ah, you're a Garamond man. <laughs> and he, he can't quit smoking, just like Amy. But he doesn't mm. want Amy to know. Like, they're hiding it from each other. Oh. That's quite sweet. And this whole episode, Jake is trying to trick him. Jake has a binder of facts about Amy's dad so they can bond. Doing a very weirdly similar trick to Amy and the party. Which I like. Like oh, collecting yeah. facts about Amy's dad so they can have things in common. Yeah. And lying, being like, oh, what's your favorite brand of watches? You know, I like this very specific brand. And he's like, oh, that's good taste. Mm-hmm. But the reveal is that this entire time, Victor knew. Yeah. <laughs> because Victor did research on Jake beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of tricking Jake throughout this whole thing. So, like, Victor's super smart. He's smarter than Jake. He knew. I like that you can't get one over on this guy. And it yeah. shows. 
where Amy gets that from. Oh, yeah. One step ahead, has a giant binder with the good tabs. Mm -hmm. It's great. Isn't that the bit where Victor is like, says to Jake, I know that you're not allowed within like 50 feet of Taylor Swift. Isn't it that bit? (laughs) That's like the punchline of the list of things of why he will not let him date Amy. Yeah. And he and Jake's like, that was a misunderstanding, which I need to know more immediately. I want to know what happened. Because it was not I'll, a misunderstanding. I want to know everything about Jake's obsession with Taylor Swift. It's so fucking funny. I love it so much. It's so him. But yeah, he and Jake, like, at first they go on a case together and everything's going well. And then I think Jake proposes a way to solve this case. And Victor's like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's a great idea. They get there. They find out. Victor's already tried this. He was just making Jake look foolish. And then they start being very antagonistic towards each other because Victor is like, I have a binder on you. You are terrible for my daughter. I'm not letting this happen. Lists off a bunch of things, particularly because he's not allowed within 50 feet of Taylor Swift. Yep. And Jake has the funniest thing where he just goes like, oh, you're just upset because Amy and I have seen each other's butts. And Victor is like, what? And Jake is like, uh, uh, forget what I said about your daughter's butt. It's fine. Nope, nope. We'll I love the idea of Victor being like, No. <laughs> When Amy's like 30. <laughs> I think it's so funny. But I do think there is that thing with your parents. Mm-hmm. When you become an adult and there's something about your parents knowing conceptually that you probably do have sex. And when they find out that you have actually had when sex, it's proof. like a completely different thing. Yeah. It's a completely different like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. It's just so funny that Jake crossed a line. <laughs> And so he and Jake have this whole antagonistic thing, but the reason it's really relevant to Amy is because it has a very weirdly feminist turn throughout yeah. the episode because they phone Amy, and I think Amy phones them just casually and then realizes that they're both like yelling at each other and asks why they're arguing. It's because Victor is like, well, you're not allowed to date Jake because he's terrible, and Jake is like, how dare you? Like, I can date Amy, I'm brilliant. And so Amy is like, hold on, you both like suck like how dare you not consider my feelings in this situation and think that you can just decide things for me this is not the 1950s yeah yeah it's just nice it's a nice moment for amy she stands up for herself yeah yeah and then like later on amy calls them and jake just goes to victor like it's amy should i answer her or am i not am i not good enough to talk to her on the phone and victor just goes honestly no (laughs) which i think is great just a nice moment for Amy to actually stand up for herself. And, like, at this point in the plot, I think the audience thinks it's normal. Like, it, I think we were kind of yeah, think, presuming this was normal, that Victor is feeling very protective and he doesn't approve of Jake. And his disapproval of Jake coming before Amy's feelings for Jake felt quite normal. Yeah. And Jake feeling, like, really offended by this. And thinking that he needed Victor's approval in the first place felt very, very normal. And it's nice that Amy is also pulling the rug out from the audience with being like, hold on, this is extremely disrespectful. And Jake doesn't need Victor's approval and Victor doesn't need to give his approval. And it's Amy's opinion is what matters. And it's nice. It's, I don't think either the characters nor us are expecting it. Yeah. And I like that. It becomes quite a feminist message for that reason, by tricking you into it. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, because you you kind of learn the lesson with the characters, like... Yeah, yeah. I like that scene. Mm-hmm. And it comes from Amy herself. Yeah, I don't know, because I feel like it could have been so easy for the episode to end with, like, Jake proving Victor wrong, and Victor yeah. then just being like, oh, it's okay, do you know what, I approve of you now. It could have so easily ended that way. Yeah. And you're prob- that's probably what you're expecting when you're watching it as well, for it to end mm. that way. Yeah. yeah. I like that it just doesn't end with Victor's approval. 
Yeah. It just doesn't. Because all you need is Amy's mm-hmm. approval. Because it's Amy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sweet. Although the episode does take a very slightly strange turn, which I, I think I want to bring up just because it so perfectly encapsulates Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Because we're kind of praising the show for this very complex way of presenting this feminist message. Mm. The thing is that this conversation provides a eureka moment for Jake and Victor because the case they've been talking about is when a guy and his sons robbed a place uh, like 20 years ago and they couldn't pin it on them because they had an alibi. And then Jake realises, oh, it wasn't the sons, it was the daughter. And how Amy's, I guess, like, reprimanding them for, like, their sexist thinking provided a eureka moment for Jake of, ah, I didn't even consider Amy's feelings. I didn't consider the fact that the woman could have committed this crime. Yeah. And so it leads into the conclusion of, yeah, she did it. I should consider women more and their ability to be criminals. And they go and arrest that woman. And then Jake says the relatively self-aware line at the end where he goes like, yep. We arrested a woman today because we are feminists. Oh, and like, it's pretty self-aware. Yeah. But I feel like they only added it in there because they wrote this episode and the writers liked it. And then they realized, hold on, this is actually kind of a, a slightly sexist thing at the end of the episode. And well, we'll just stick a line in there and we'll we'll be aware of it and we'll move on. Yeah. But that kind of perfectly encapsulates Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is that this is a show where they've committed to the premise that they are cops and so often the success at the end of the episode is arresting the quote-unquote criminal Mm. and so when you've committed to this premise you can have a feminist messaging all you want but at the end of the day you're going to be arresting a woman and continuing this kind of commitment to the police system that you've invested in and you can't fully have a sincere feminist message anymore because you've committed to the premise yeah it doesn't leave room for nuance. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, so, yeah. to me, all that shows is that this is that both of these characters are biased when they arrest people. Yeah, true. <laughs> it shows that no one is being objective here. Like, yeah, it does kind of prove the point. Yeah, they didn't consider mm. the woman because they were and- a little sexist, and they. Their biases just got in the way. Yeah, and they're both quite late in their careers, so they've just yep. been. Yeah. They, they only learnt this now. <laughs> yeah. And in this specific case, it meant that they didn't arrest someone for 20 years. Mm. But it could mean that they were biased towards arresting people that shouldn't have been yeah. for their biases throughout their careers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which I suppose in some ways is an honest message, because I'm sure that's the case, but you're not presenting it in that way. You're still presenting it as a success, not as a failing. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, so it's complicated. I do like this episode a lot because it's very funny, mm. but the ending feels clumsy. I mean, it's a smart twist mm. that it helps them realize, like, oh, we didn't consider the girl because of the sexism. Yeah, yeah. Narratively, it's 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 good, but but it's Brooklyn Nine Nine, so you arrest her and put her away for life on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> complex show. One funny thing is right at the end of the episode, though, when they come to the conclusion, like, all that matters is that Amy loves Jake. And it doesn't matter what either of the men in this situation think of that. And I think Amy is like, yeah, I do. And like kisses him and like next to Victor. And Jake just kind of turns to Victor and is like, that's the first time we've kissed, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. That's the first time we've kissed. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. That's funny. So yeah, Yeah. ends on a nice note. (laughs) 
you want to keep going with Familia? Yeah. Shall we move to Mr. Lynn manuel Miranda? Yeah, let's go. I'm so excited. I love that he's in the show. It's so bizarre and I love it. I know, I know. I wish he wasn't as good of an actor in this episode as he is. So that That's I could be job. like, oh, what a random cameo. And like, no, he's great. Yes, he does <laughs> he's really job. fun. Mm-hmm. He looks decently like Amy as well. Yeah, I Like, he it. kind of looks like Melissa Favero. Yeah. It works. It's fun. So I think this episode is called Golden Child. Not what I've named it, which is Lin-Manuel Miranda time. Great, great. I think it's called something else. Fair enough. That's fair. And we meet another element of Amy's family, which is her Mm. brother. One of seven. Yeah. David. We also meet her mum, but she doesn't have much depth. We don't spend a lot of time with her. She's just kind of a bitch. Yeah. Isn't there like a whole episode where Jake's parents meet Amy's parents? Love that episode. We should have watched that one. Why didn't we... That's a fun episode. Shout out to that episode. That episode's hilarious. Yeah. Anyways. And it goes well, and then it goes badly, and it goes well. But yeah, we yeah. see the mum then. Um, but anyway, she's just in this episode to be antagonistic. And we meet David. And the premise of the episode is that Amy is in a fucking terrible mood. Because she's going to go to dinner with her mum and Jake. Mm. But they're bringing David. And suddenly she's mad. Yeah. Because she hates David. Yeah. Because her family is a very toxic environment where she has seven brothers, which makes sense for Amy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, of course just... she's as competitive as she is. Yeah, yeah. That, that always feels like something that they put in, like, episode... They did literally put in episode one, and then for the rest of the show they were like, that's in canon now. I feel like every time they looked at it they were like, that's perfect. Uh-huh. We did that. Because <laughs> it's great. David is the... Is the eldest or just the best? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Is he both? I think he might be both. He's number one either way. Yeah. And um, so I think it's introduced by Amy saying, I have seven brothers, Rosa, and I like all of them, except David. He's perfect. <laughs> and he sucks. She says that he graduated top of his class. He took a bullet for the mayor. Basically, the joke is anything Amy can do, David can do better. Yeah. And there's a great exaggeration of all the absolutely incredible things David has managed to do. Yeah. And honestly, Lin-Manuel Miranda brings the smugness you need for this man. Yeah. He is the embodiment of a man who has done an unreasonable amount of amazing things. Yeah. And, and we learn a, an amazing fact about Amy's family, which is that their parents arrange photos of their kids by who makes them the proudest. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Which is incredibly healthy parenting, might I say. Oh, it's so bad. Your kids will never resent you or have a complex about being the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. You know what? We were making a joke for some reason because we just did Umbrella Academy that Diego is Amy's brother. But oh, my God, he could be. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. number two complex would come in handy in this family. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is is her actual father not Jimmy Smith, but J- Jimmy Smith, but Reginald Hargreaves? Maybe. Who Is knows? Here? He's numbered the kids by who makes him proudest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, there's yeah. no confirmation Reggie does this, but I, I think Reggie does this. Oh, Each yeah, Reggie does this. he updates the wall of who's done the best this week. I'll ask you after I explain this who is in what place in Umbrella Academy because number one, mm. always David, obviously, obviously, is on the mantle above the fireplace. Two, three, and four mm-hmm. are on the piano. Okay. And the rest are on the staircase. 
This just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> so, in Umbrella Academy, who's who? Is Luther? Oh, five is the giant painting. Maybe five is above the mantle. Well, what we, giant painting. what we discovered last time was that five doesn't live long enough to piss off Reggie. So Reggie <laughs> is always number one. No, sorry, five is always number one. Yeah, he's number one. Mm. Two, three, and four are Luther, Allison, Ben, maybe? Because he died early enough to not piss Reggie off as much. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then there's and Diego and Klaus. And, and Klaus and Victor and, are and on Victor. the staircase. <laughs> no, honestly, I think Victor's picture's in the bin. Yeah, you know what? Probably. I, I think at least Klaus and Diego have powers. Yeah. So I think they're on the staircase. I think Victor's Victor picture's in the bin. Oh, no, Victor doesn't even get one. <laughs> He's not even ranked. Oh, okay, yeah, at least Amy's parents are better than Reginald Hargreaves, but not too much better, which is mm. bad, because the bar is on the floor. The bar is truly in hell. As we learn from Amy, she, and I quote, collects dust on the piano, mm-hmm. and Rosa just goes, the piano isn't bad, and Amy just goes, no one even plays, Rosa. At least people use the stairs. <laughs> which is great and so sad and true. Uh-huh, uh-huh. These people use the stairs. Like, yeah. at my house... Um, there's like a bunch of pictures on the piano but like mm-hmm. they're not pictures of us and then me and my brother are on the stairs and you look at those all the time but yeah. not on the piano because no one looks at the piano because no one plays that's true that's true so I think at my least... dad did the healthier version and put us all on the stairs well, I was gonna say at least like the pictures of you and your brother aren't ranked <laughs> that I know of oh you gotta you got look now oh, no. next time <gasps> you go I've gotta like Charlie Kelly the wall and figure out are they in a specific order Maybe maybe it's like quality. Maybe the more oh, of which shit. sibling ranks the highest. I, mean, I think there are more pictures of me. But I think that's just because by the second child they remembered to take more pictures and there was better technology. Yeah. That's, that's There's some true. very so cute maybe... pictures of me right at the top. That's nice. Yeah, maybe that's not the best way we'll to decipher it. We'll yeah. have a look. But luckily no one is on the piano or above the mantle. No. My dad's Imagine. paintings are on the piano, so I think he loves himself more. <laughs> Dad is ranked number one, and then his kids. We figured it out. Your dad's ranked number one. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I don't know. You have it easy. It's just you everywhere. I'm always ranked number one. What if I'm not ranked number one? Oh no! What if that's, you're always ranked worse. number two? Honestly, it's probably the cat, me, <laughs> then the dog, then the dog. It's probably John's canoe, the cat, <laughs> you, and then the dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 In Sharon's eyes now. Not your dad's <laughs> eyes. No, no, no. Sharon's eyes. My mum loves that canoe. <laughs> we know she really loves that canoe. She loves you too, but she loves the canoe more. Oh, yeah. Hey, all you gotta do, chuck that thing in a wood chipper. We're at number two, baby. Mm. Yeah, there we go. Look at me, rising right the ranks. <laughs> Still number two, though. I'm not hurting the cat. <laughs> no, your, your cat's fine. The cat can stay number one. In my honestly, ranking, the cat. If you were one. ranking, the cat would be number one. So you honestly, can't you can't lie. I can't judge them because even for me, it's the cat than me. <laughs> Just because you love your cat, though, right? Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> right. Fun combination of self hatred and love for cats. The Padme meme. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just because you love the cat, though, right? <laughs> right. I really hope that the self-hatred is a rung lower than the love for cats, at least. I do really love cats. You, you, that doesn't say good things for the other one. 
I do really love those cats. What can I say? I love that cat. I bet Amy's parents hate cats because we know Amy's family are allergic to everything. Yeah. As we will come to see. Because Jake, they're going on the dinner and Jake is Amy's hype man. Mm. Jake is like, all right, I know, Amy, I know I said I I was going to do this whole hype man thing. And Amy's like, I know I shouldn't try and be better than my brother. And Jake just goes, oh, no, we need a backup plan so we can win this thing. And Amy's just like, thank you for not trying to make me a better person. I love you so much. <laughs> They're Amazing. so good together. Amazing. Just them being we get the dinner and Jesus Christ, they list off as many accomplishments as physically possible in the span of five minutes. Because yep. David tell us, is immediately telling a story about he saved someone's life. And then um, someone interjects was like, was that before or after she won the Oscar? So someone wildly famous. <laughs> Jake brings up that Amy got a gold certificate at the shooting range and David's like, oh yeah, I got platinum. Brings that up himself. Oh. And Jake, and then, and then I'm bringing this up because I was astounded. Jake goes, that exists, a platinum one? And he's like, how? Did you curve the bullets wanted style? <gasps> they make a reference! That no! I- <laughs> that I only got this time around because we watched that movie! That's a pop culture reference, Rhiannon. Wanted? Wanted! Did you curve the bullets wanted style? Oh is what he god. says! Oh my god. We recently did a James McAvoy marathon where we watched we that movie. You hated it. Oh, I was miserable. <laughs> I liked it, it was that fun. Was... <laughs> maybe maybe if I watched it again in like a different mood, maybe I'd be alright. But it was not. Maybe. It was not. I can't believe people know of that movie. I know, was that like a pop culture thing? Maybe. I didn't even know it existed. It's a reference I never picked up on until I watched it this time. Maybe we should ask people older than us if they know about the movie Wanted. Okay. Every time I ever have an interaction in the next year, mm. I'm going to stop someone mid-anecdote and say, have you ever seen the movie Wanted? Yeah. And I will we- give them two prompts at most Yeah. to see if they remember it. And if they don't, I will consider that a success. Yeah. Yeah. you got to, like... Make a tally. Like, keep note. Cool. I will. Yeah. I'll start with my mum. And the prompts can be James McAvoy and Loom. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite combination. <laughs> no, I think my... my my um, I've forgotten what the word is. My prompts will be James McAvoy and Curving of the Bullets. Sure, sure, okay. Not the Maybe Angelina Jolie if I'm feeling um, helpful. Okay. okay. Did you say bats? No, the wax. The wax. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put that before James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Immediate wax. wax. Looms, curving bullets. Because honestly, if they're not going to remember the wax, what else are they going to remember about that movie? It was the I highlight of the know. movie. I loved seeing James McAvoy frozen in wax. <laughs> Best day of my life so far. Highlight of the McMarrowvoy. I don't think people who listen to this podcast are prepared for our knowledge of James McAvoy movies. <laughs> oh, it's extensive. Not of the man himself, of his, of movies. his movies. I am. I'm not joking now when I say we watched 26 hours worth Straight. of James McAvoy movies in the space of what? Three days. Two, ni- two evening, two nights. So we went days. to sleep, got up in the morning, and put on the next movie. Yeah, it was delightful. Hours. It was so much fun. It was. We were dead by the end. We were watching his Bake Off episode like, oh god. And we didn't even watch half of them. We've got to do a part two. Yeah, so we're going to we do We already have a new two. list. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Lynn Memo Miranda. Yes. Um... We watched an episode of his Dark Materials, but Lynn wasn't there. 
Mm. No, he wasn't there. Well, that's how I got that picture of the two of them. <laughs> which which I put on the Instagram for the Encanto <laughs> for the episode. Encanto episode. Every time we talk about something Lynn does, James McAvoy comes rolling in. I know. It just happened again. Even if Charles Xavier rolling in. <laughs> he comes wheelchair rolling in. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So, more bragging from David. Mm. Amy says that... Oh, Jake brings up that Amy is the youngest sergeant in the history of the NYPD. And David brings up that he just passed the lieutenant's exam. Mm-hmm. But he only did so... Because he wanted to send extra money home to his friend's poor family. Oh, for God's sake. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I just got like a full marks on a test for like no reason. I just wanted to give the extra money to my friend who needed it more than me. Oh my God. Dickhead. I love it. Oh, he's the worst. And then things are in crisis mode. Mm -hmm. This man has basically just declared every good deed possible. And so Jake is like, okay, we're bringing out the big guns. And he pretends to start choking so that Amy can save him. However, this goes badly because immediately the mum stops Amy from helping and says that David just got his, like, certificate for, like, first aid. And so (laughs) David goes over and starts helping, giving him the Heimlich. So Jake starts actually choking and he saves Jake's life and Amy walks away in anger. Yeah. (laughs) Just walks away while Jake is choking. Just leaves. And they get a standing ovation and people at the restaurant call Amy a bitch. For walking away while Jake is choking. I think Jake is like, I don't want to say people are mad, but like the word bitch was thrown about. Oh my god. (laughs) Terrible day for Amy. Just a terrible day for her. Worst day ever. However, things get better immediately because Mm. the dinner is interrupted because two cops are here to arrest David. And Amy has the biggest smile on her face and just goes, oh no. And now she is in the best mood ever because David has been arrested and David called her and needs her to bail him out. I love this horrible, like, green jealousy side to Mm. Amy where she's just taking this joy from David's life being ruined. But you're on her side. Yeah. Because they make him smug and unlikable and you love Amy. We want her to be happy. Mm -hmm. Even if David's in prison. And Jake makes a reference I think we'll both appreciate where he looks at Amy and just goes, calm down, Littlefinger. Littlefinger. <laughs> Love it. Also, Jake watches Game of Thrones. To be fair, I think he has... Yeah, I think that's come up a few times. I see it. Yeah. Hasn't I read the it. books, though. No, no. God, no. I don't think Amy's read the books either. Terry's no. read the books. Mm. But Jake is vaguely supportive. He takes a selfie with Amy outside the jail. <laughs> where, where David is so that Amy can remember this moment forever okay but David comes out and Amy's super happy because you know it's a great day for her but we get this little fake out where David starts giving a fake excuse of that like he's been doing drugs since he was a kid and like the pressure that their parents put on them was a lot and Amy suddenly is like oh my god um... I felt like that and Amy suddenly has a sort of revelation of like we do have things in common and like Aww. I shouldn't have been so hard on you and then David is like, okay, I didn't know who was listening. I'm being framed. I'm perfect. That was all an act. And Amy is like, I'm going to drive this car over a bridge. <laughs> but basically, Lynn doing just a perfect smug little shit face is just like, I don't even drink coffee. I have too much respect for my body. Oh, <laughs> my body is a temple. Oh, and he's like, yeah, I've never felt pressure from my parents. You know, I liked the constructive criticism. And they just, 
<laughs> I just don't let up with this shit. It's so fucking funny. Oh, and poor Amy it. looks so annoyed. Yeah. But Amy takes some Ninja Turtle advice. I don't have time to explain the scene. Jake's okay. fault. Takes some Ninja Turtle advice where basically Jake is like, you should help David. The turtles have each other's backs. You gotta help David. And she's like, you know what? I am a good person. Sure. We'll help him find who's framing him. They go to a Brazilian mafia because of course. Mm. And I just, I think the reason they actually do help him is because Amy realizes that if he dies, his picture will be on the mantle, will just become a giant shrine. And she's like, that can't happen. (laughs) I've got to save this man's life. No. So they go to like the Brazilian mafia club. And honestly, it's just such a fun scene where for the first time she actually riles up David by making comments about how perfect he is. Like she's always Mm -hmm. just kind of sat there and smiled and she's lost it. That Mm -hmm. whole like fake out of like him basically digging in of like I've never felt pressure from my parents just pissed Amy off and they're just like arguing with each other and fucking David is just like I get you're jealous I would be jealous too if someone was better than me at everything uh-huh. <laughs> and so they and Amy's like that's not true I have more allergies than you and he's just like I'm allergic to stuff I didn't know about yet I just found out I was allergic to chia seeds and just like them topping each other in the worst way and Jake on the side just being like that's not a compliment that's not a good thing but they keep trying to be the best at even awful things together and that includes being the best dancer and they dance absolutely horribly together in the middle of this disco floor and oh my god Melissa Fumero's dancing is so fucking funny Mm -hmm. I love it but Lynn he comes in with some moves and they're both (laughs) the most cringe people I've ever seen in my life Uh and this is the moment where I feel like as the episode progresses you watch these adults become children and like amy who's probably the most sensible of the squad bar terry you watch her become a bit of a child throughout Mm. the whole episode and she drags david down with her and like of course if you treat your children like this they're gonna end up being madly insecure and basically still children yeah they never learn to interact with each other as mature adults yeah yeah completely yeah once again, I think Lynn only agreed to do this episode because it was about immigrant family trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he does love that, to be fair. They, turns out, the one thing that Amy and David have incredibly in common is that they're both very equally insecure. Yeah. And they kind of bond over that. And things go wrong, Amy gets hurt, and eventually... He apologizes and she just goes like, of course you're being nice when I'm being a monster. Like even (laughs) he's even being nice when she's being the worst and they just, they can never be on the same level. And it only escalates when Jake's life is at risk and Amy decides that the one thing more important than her ego is Jake. And so Jake gets briefly abducted and Amy and David go and try to save him. And as the car's driving away, Amy's going to take the shot and shoot out the tires. Mm -hmm. But she realizes, like, okay, actually, you're better at this than me. Yeah. Because he got the platinum whatever by curving the bullets wanted style. (laughs) And lets David take all the glory. Because in that moment, her ego doesn't matter. Because Jake's life is more important. Yeah. And they save Jake. And it's really sweet that, like, that for her is more important. Yeah. I like that. And we get a nice resolution where David says, Amy... To Amy, I think he does a little toast for like, for saving my butt. You're a great cop and a great sister. Aww. I think the mum then interjects by being like, David is still better. And it's a whole like, but it's still cute. Yeah, The siblings are alright with each other. So that's yeah. nice. That's good. We also learn a fun fact about Amy as she watches Drag Race. And she tries Yay. to do a death drop. 
Oh. No. She's like, the ladies on Drag Race make it look so easy. And it went terribly. That is the Lynn and Miranda episode. Yeah. I love the family episodes. You learn so much about Amy. Yeah, definitely. They're, yeah, they're really good. It just it just explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love meeting family members of characters because it tells you so much about a character. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's such an opportunity to take character traits that you've cultivated of this personality and just really amp them up in their parents or their siblings to show a reflection of them. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, there's actually a kind of relevant quote from Ted Lasso. I know we haven't talked about it yet. Okay. But there is genuinely a bit where Ted says, I love meeting people's mums. It's like reading an instruction manual on why they're nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I think these episodes Mm. are really fun. And I fully believe... That Jimmy Smits is her dad, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is her brother. Just choose the most famous Latino men you can at the time. Yeah, just cast them. Brilliant. It works. I miss Jimmy Smits. Can we have him again? I know, he's Bring him back, he's so fun. I loved him in Obi-Wan. Yeah. He was so good. Yeah. I'm so sad he's dead. Yeah. I thought he was a natural man then. Oh no, not Jimmy (laughs) (laughs) I was like... No, he's fine. Okay. right? Right? Yeah, he's... Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> um, he's fine. He's all good according to Wikipedia. Absolutely he's 70? Fine. Good for him. Good Hold on. Hell. He looks like Lemon Miranda there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his great. son. Awesome. Okay. What do you have left? We said this would be short. Um, it's it's still on it's you. It's not. Just on halt now, yeah. Really? You don't have anything else? Nope. Okay. Yeah, we did not um split the episodes up <laughs> very well. I don't think because I got no. all the personality <laughs> ones and you got all of the that's fine family ones. But it's fine. I'm fine. Two quick B plots mm. that I think are very relevant. So one is the um speed mentoring, and the other mm. is bone. Cool. And both are halt now. Both are halt. Yeah, this is a halt cool. section. What do we need? What do you want first? Should we end on bone? We can end on bone. I won't be able... The delivery is what makes it funny. I won't be able to replicate that, but we can try our best. We'll, we'll, we'll try. Surprisingly, we're not Andre Brower, so... Yeah, we'll give it a go. No. So in the episode The Last Ride, there's like a, a very, very small C-plot... I found it's like three scenes. Everyone mm-hmm. else is super busy, but basically the squad's going to get shut down. They're going to shut down the whole department. And so they're all going to say goodbye together. And everyone's kind of on their quote unquote last ride. Okay. And the squad's going to get shut down. And so Amy has really been cultivating this mentorship with Holt, but it's been pretty one-sided because Amy is just desperate for his affections yeah. and realizes that like, oh no, this mentorship's going to come to an end when Holt is no longer my captain. However, Holt is like, fear not, and whips out a massive binder Mm -hmm. and tells her that he has been mentoring her this entire time in secret and been collecting all of the data in this giant binder. And Amy looks like she's gonna orgasm. She's Mm -hmm. so happy. She's like, this is the greatest day of my entire existence and also probably the last day I'm gonna have this. Mm -hmm. And so Holt's like, fear not. We're gonna speed through this. 
maximum speed. We're going to get most of this done. And so that's what kind of the C-plot is, of various scenes of him teaching her lessons. Okay. I mentioned a quote earlier that's one of my favourites, which is Holt just going, just like various advice. Like, for example, when people say good morning, they mean hello. When people say how are you, they mean hello. When people say what's up, they mean I'm not a person worth talking to. <laughs> like shit like that. Like halt things. Yeah. There's some other good stuff about like how to have a handshake properly. Mm-hmm. And it's like um um step forward, hands together, shake, release. I think like separate. It's like a fun <laughs> thing of like ways to shake hands. We were taught how to shake hands at school. We were. Oh yeah. we were, I forgot about that. That was a weird lesson. We just did taught how to shake anything? hands. I don't no. think I did. I did a lot of handshaking yesterday though. Yeah, went pretty well. Oh, shaking one's hand in ages. I'll shake your hand next time I see you. Okay, John. I'll, I'll see you get to <laughs> your house. You. Shake your hand. Nice to meet you, animal. Margaret. Come on in. And so things like that. How to sleep correctly is another one, which they don't detail. I wish they did. And also okay. acceptable fabrics. To which I think Holt prompts her, like, acceptable fabrics. And Amy lists off cotton or cotton blend. Wool is for outerwear only, and silk is for sex workers and musicians. <laughs> Which I love. Oh, I'm obsessed with this. That's so funny. So we get a whole thing of this, and it's super fun. Her and Holt, speed mentoring. And in the resolution, um, actually at the end of the um, day, they realise they've gone through the whole binder, and they're all a bit melancholy about this, and so Holt comes up and shakes her hand, and they repeat the whole like hand-hand, shake, mm-hmm. separate... And then he walks off and Amy just goes, separate. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a resolution to the episode where Mm -hmm. the precinct isn't being shut down and they're fine. And -hmm. they're going to be together forever (laughs) as a big happy family. And Holt reveals that they had only completed volume one and there are more binders to come. (gasps) And Amy's just like, oh, that's great. Thank you. And Holt's like, you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm just practicing uh, no emotion in the workplace. And Holt is like, very good. And then Amy's just like, if you'll excuse me for a moment, and gets up and walks outside and screams because she's so happy. We learn a couple of facts about Amy in this episode. One, Jake's Mm -hmm. moral compass turns her on. Okay, okay. And he's a moral person. Mm -hmm. And two, Amy was once captain of the stenographers club at school. Okay. She was only captain because she was the only member. Oh, The so stenographers sad. club. What do they do? Oh no! <laughs> well, not they. One person. Oh, what does she do? Okay. Final episode. The incredibly iconic. The Skyfire Cycle. Yes, let's go. It's fun for a couple of the main plots. Mm. However, it is truly the C plot. That is the reason this episode is absolutely gold. There are four scenes to cover here. It's a very Holt-centric thing. So, Amy's dads are fighting. Holt, her father, and his husband, uh, Kevin. We haven't mentioned Kevin. Hell yeah, go Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Kevin's iconic. Kevin's amazing. They're arguing. And they're Mm. in the... I think he brings Kevin into the office and they're like having a little tiff because they can't agree on a maths problem. (laughs) And funny quote, as they're describing the maths problem, the issue, Amy just goes like, enough foreplay, let's get to the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> enough foreplay let's get to the numbers is amazing amazing the issue here is the Monty Hall problem mm. god I have no idea what this is and honestly I don't know about you Rhiannon every time they explain it I have no idea what they're talking about 
maths. Oh, no. When they're like, it's it's thirds, it's it's two thirds if you switch, one third if you don't. My God, do I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. No. But I'm sure it, it makes sense to maths mm-hmm. people. And so they describe the problem. Holt and um, Kevin are... It's about like three doors, basically, is like a visual. But they have differing opinions. And it's making them absolutely like lose it at each other fighting. And Amy's like thinking about it and she just goes, mm, Kevin is right. And Holt just responds, without missing a beat, you're fired. <laughs> and Amy just goes like, what? <laughs> and Rosa just oh, laughs Christ. at her. It's an adorable little moment of Holt being more like comfortable around Amy. Mm-hmm. Then they can joke that she's fired. She's fired. But Holt's also very stressed right now because he's arguing with his husband. So that's scene one. Adorable. Scene two. Amy thinks that there's a solution to this problem. Because instead of leaving her boss to have an argument with her husband, she must solve the problem of her dad's fighting. So she thinks, okay, the solution is I must explain the maths to Holt. Mm -hmm. I'm a a calculated, like, organisational person. Clearly the problem here is the maths. So she wants to save the relationship, in her words. Mm. Whereas Rose is more emotionally aware and realises that, like, this is not really the problem. No, that's not really the problem here. Yeah. And she recognises that it's only because they're not seeing each other very much anymore because of the night shift and they just need to have sex. And Amy just goes, gross, Rosa, those are our dads. <laughs> and Rosa's just looking at her and Amy's just like, uh, that's not what I mean. Captain Dad is just my boss. Never mind, I'm, I'm teaching father the math. Whatever, Rosa. <laughs> it's adorable. This whole scene, this whole episode relies on the actors' performances. I cannot replicate that, so it's not going to be as funny as the actual episode is. Just go watch it. But I'm going to try my best. I might as well say the quotes. Why not? Yeah, cool. And then scene three. Also, wait, actually, by the way, mm. it's just nice that Amy sees Holt as her dad. Yeah. It's just nice. It's it's a bit weird that both her and Jake see him as their dad, and then they get together. Yeah. But it's kind of just sweet. It's just <laughs> yeah. nice. It's cute. And I think... Holt kind of feels that way. We never really see it in an episode of him feeling like Amy's mm. her daughter, but I think it's funnier that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That Amy just unreasonably thinks that these are her dads yeah. and they're fighting so she must solve the problem. Anyway, scene three. Mm-hmm. Amy creates a diorama of like colourful doors and wants to explain to Holt what's happening. Holt is having none of this. He's like, this is ridiculous. And we get one of the most iconic lines of the show to which mm-hmm. Rosa comes out and just goes, you guys just need to bone. There's a beat of silence and just a fucking Andre Brunner fucking giving it just how dare you, Detective Diaz? I am your superior officer. And then just you have title cards of like five minutes later, ten minutes later of him just grasping onto doorways, just yelling bone, bone. It's so fucking funny. Like 20 minutes later, just ranting around the office. Honestly, I cannot do it justice. It's just so fucking funny. It's incredible. And Amy just has her hands on her head on the desk. <laughs> Isn't she like in the fetal position, just yeah. like losing her mind because Holt's angry? End, I know. And just, in the end, Holt is just like, never speak of that in a work environment again. And Amy is just like, why did you do that? And Rose is just like, well, now he knows. They just need to fuck. Mm-hmm. And we get in scene four. There's a resolution. Because Amy is once again like, no, 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 I need to solve this. So Holt, I contacted a maths professor. And Holt's just like, no need, Santiago, it's all good. Which is language Holt never uses. It's all mm-hmm. good. And Amy's just like, oh, so the fight with Kevin is over? And he's like, yep. Because you understand the math now? Nope. And Rose is like, because you? And he's like, yep. <laughs> oh, it's 
so good. Like, Amy's not a particularly emotionally intelligent person sometimes. Yeah. And it's just fun that she just does not get it and does not want to get it because who no. wants to imagine their parents having sex? She's <laughs> gross. And then she's just sitting there looking a little sad and Rosa just behind her is like, see what happens? Your dad's had sex and like chases Amy away. Fucking great. What a great episode. Amazing. Amazing. Amy sees Holt as her dad. It's very yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's lovely. It's so nice. There you go. Amy done. <sighs> I had a thought last night. Okay. When we introduced the fan fiction section, should we say what it is? Because <laughs> oh, we never yeah. do. We never we say just, what it is. We just throw the audience in the deep end a bit, don't we? Yeah. Should we say what it is? Fan fiction section? Okay, um, where to begin? <laughs> It's a section we came up with for no reason, where once we've analysed the character a lot, Mm. we start coming up with scenarios for them and just creating fun, I guess, like, headcanons for them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's not the headcanon section, but... Yeah. Eh. We gotta create a little story on the way, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Let's hit it. We always start with Kiss, Marry, Kill, but I, I'm starting to feel like it's not the best one to start with. Ooh, what should we start with? I don't know. What's one that I tend to bring up that you like? I mean, I do like the Kiss, Marry, Kills. They're fun. And I do I do like giving them a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> hey, should fun. we start with Taylor Swift then? <gasps> I mean, it's very relevant to Jake. I bet Amy hears a lot of Taylor Swift being married mm-hmm. to Jake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What is? What is Amy's Taylor Swift album? The one that best represents her. This is a Rhiannon question, usually. She's more well-versed than I. Although I have some ideas. You, yeah, no, you, you contribute. You, you know some albums better than me. I just know the sad ones. It's true. And we do a lot of sad people. <laughs> we do a lot of sad people. I was going to say, often people do get folklore and evermore. But I don't mm. think Amy is. No, to be honest, people just get folklore and evermore because they're my two favourite albums. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I think she's an giving, early one. I could see giving Amy red. Okay. Okay. Wolf I don't know if we're also red. thinking of a particular song. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like red. <laughs> Can it be I knew you were trouble, but about Jake? <laughs> oh. <laughs> In that flashback when he has like the emo hair. And she has the bangs oh, when they first the meet. Mullet, yeah. Aww. I mean, there's some lyrics of State of Grace that I think work for them. Okay. Do you have any in mind? Well, just the, like, I never saw you coming. I'll, I'll never be the same. Aww. Yeah, that's cute. Okay. I'll give that to them. Yeah. What kind of hobbies do you think she has? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of hard to modern characters, because we kind of know... Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Attending seminars. <laughs> do, you, do you think she plays any instruments? Oh, I think we learned she plays the French horn. Of course she does. Of course she does. Was she in band at school? That's like an American thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Do you think her and Jake would have... Do you think any of the squad would have been friends at school if they'd all gone to the same, like, secondary school? I mean, well, we know Jake and Gina were, but I don't think so, no. No. I could see her getting along with Terry. Yeah. Maybe sure. she'd be a bit intimidated by her and te- by Terry's friends if they're all like 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 gym kids. 
I don't know. We learned that Terry was a lonely <gasps> nerd. He was. With his I think fantasy books. Maybe they I, would have been friends. I think Amy and Terry would have been friends. Yeah. Oh, that's quite cute. All right, fuck it. Kiss, marry, kill. It's not fun without it. Um, Amy, Jake. Hmm. I can't say Holt because we'll kill him. Uh, he doesn't stand a chance. Gina. I think I'll. I love Jake so much, but I really I couldn't marry him. No. I I I I absolutely love this character. I love him so much. But he's just so unhygienic. He's so unhygienic. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I think it would drive me insane. Yeah. And so bad on money that that stress over me. That's fair. And I don't know enough about finances to reorganize his finances, which I presume right. Amy has done. Yeah, you can't be the Amy. But I, I can't do math, so all I have is stress of my husband's crushing debt. Which he literally, enough. he says multiple times, he corrects people, crushing debt. Someone says yes. he's in debt, and he's like, no, 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 crushing debt. Crushing debt. So I think I'll... True. Do you know what? I think I'll... Oh god, this is weird. I've never killed a character that I love so much. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna kill Jake. Okay. Do you know what? I might marry Amy and kiss Gina. That's fair enough. Yeah. What about you? I love that. I... Part of me kind of wants to marry Gina because I think she's super successful <laughs> and like she has a lot of stuff. Yeah. But would she be insufferable? Maybe. And would she do something crazy that puts us into debt? Maybe. I think I'll marry Jake because I think mm. I can deal with the unhygienicness. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm too much better. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of the show, Jake is pretty responsible. Yeah. yeah. So I think I could deal with that. I'll marry Jake. Mm-hmm. I'll kiss Gina and I'll kill Amy. Yeah. What music do they listen to? I, do you know what? I think I think Amy adds Holt on Spotify and whatever Holt <laughs> listens to. Oh my god! She <laughs> listens to. Yes. But now oh you can see god, your friend's so activity funny. when yes. you follow them on Spotify. Oh I think she god. just watches what Holt <laughs> listens to and then writes it down. Yeah, you're so right. So it's just all classical. I think she adds David on Spotify, and whoever he listens to, she blocks. <laughs> she knows not to listen to. She knows it's a dead list. And yeah. the thing is, actually, David says he doesn't pay attention to pop culture many times. But I think he probably listens to relatively popular stuff, and that pushes Amy more into the niche. Yeah, yeah, to not be David. And I think sometimes David and Holt overlap, and she has like a like a... a a brain stutter and doesn't know what to do. She's broken for like an hour. <laughs> Is Amy good at chess? Yes. Yeah, I think she's pretty good. She was in chess club. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah, she was. President of chess club. Only because by the end she was the only member. Yep. What would she do if she lived in like a fantasy world? If we put her in Game of Thrones? I don't think she'd last. No, I don't think so either. Do you think she'd get like a Jane Poole? Oh yeah, yeah, like a friend. Yeah, friend of like a Stark gets got. Just gets got. Sorry, Amy. I don't think so, you'd make I'm really it. Sorry. She'd marry Jake. It's like a like a lordling that dies in a joust, and it's like a widow. <laughs> yeah, that's what gets him. And then everyone looks at Amy like, why is why is this woman reading? Why is this woman <laughs> holding a book? Women can't read. Looks like this woman can read. What? Impossible. Okay. Social media. Facebook. Facebook, yeah. I think she's got a, I think <gasps> she's got a brilliant streak on Duolingo. Oh my god, she has multiple languages on Duolingo. Wordle. She's still the Wordle. Wordle. 
She has an incredible score on Wordle. Yeah. If she gets it in, like, four guesses, she doesn't count it. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. she has a WhatsApp group with Holt. Yeah. <laughs> where, like, she'll send, like, really nice messages and Holt will just only respond with, like, this meeting is happening tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, full stop. <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary. Po- he goes, okay, from Captain Raymond Holt. <laughs> Every message ended with yeah. from Captain Raymond Holt of the Nine Nine. Yeah, I think he screenshots her paragraphs and then marks them, like <laughs> annotates <laughs> them. Oh my god, she's like, "Hey Holt, so the precinct's on fire. Multiple people have died. What do I do?" And Holt is like, "Amy, you used a, a semicolon when it should have been a colon. Just wanted to correct you there. And also, here's the number you should call the fire department. Yeah, <laughs> in that order. Yeah, character alignment. I mean, she's lawful good." Yeah. 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 Or is she a cop? She's lawful evil. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. We'll give her a lawful neutral. <laughs> Actually, lawful neutral, I think, makes sense. Let's with her job. Little. Okay, finally, the new question we've added. What is her favourite James McAvoy movie? Oh. Since we spoke of James McAvoy earlier. Unless we cut that out. <laughs> Who knows? What is her favourite James McAvoy film? She's not a big film person, I don't think. Narnia? Is her favourite Narnia? She likes Harry Potter. (gasps) Maybe her favourite's Narnia. Maybe Narnia. That's a good shout. Mm, That's a book. It's a book she read as a kid, probably. Yeah. And then was weirded out by the religious imagery. Yeah. I think that that makes sense. What did we learn today? Um... Let's not talk about the police again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to talk about the police show. I love Melissa Fumero. She's hilarious. She's great. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Do you wrap this shit up? Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hey, so if you want to follow our Twitter, we're characterchaos underscore. On Instagram, we're character.chaos. And on TikTok, we're characterchaos. So feel free to give us a follow. Woo! Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing next week, so. No idea. Nope, no clue. But we will be here, hopefully. Unless yes. we're not, and then we're editing. Unless something goes wrong again, but... Which it may do. But, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>